Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Technically, we're at the halfway point of the season, nine weeks in the books, nine weeks to go, right? Nine and, let's let's call it nine and a half weeks. Shout out nine Mickey and a half Rourke. weeks. Shout out Rick Mickey Rourke. It's <laughs> a great one. When man. I was when I was sick, uh, a movie I hadn't really really watched for a long time, Pope of Greenwich Village. Mm. I forgot. Nice. Like, happily married dude, Mickey Rourke was. If, if you only know him from like the wrestler and that one time he was a bad guy in a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. you should go watch some early Mickey Rourke. He was a good looking, he was a bit of a heartthrob, guys. Oh, that was a list. Um, yeah, nine, 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 nine and a half weeks here. And cool. we're kind of half. I, yeah. I, I, I hate it. I want there to be 18 games just for the to have the nice halfway cutoff. Yeah. Let me but test the theory on this. I, I don't uh, yeah, you give, give me a thing. I feel like if you divide the season up into quarters, quarter two is now in the books, right? Yeah. And if from a handicapping perspective, I feel like the greatest success you find in the first quarter of the season is typically like just being early on a team for or against a team. Being being Based, right like, on having your a good prior, right? Having a, having a prior that's better than market. Well, yeah, right? being being right on the things that you think are off market to start the season yeah your prior is better than market to the good or the bad for a handful of teams right 100%. and and after a quarter of the season's gone there's been a lot of market adjustments presumably if it's moved in the direction that the data has told you then i feel like the second quarter of the season is largely just trying to capture overcorrections, right like we really thought this team was good but it turns out Data was really messy because they played the Broncos when the Broncos didn't have Justin Simmons in there. That's how they scored 70 points and their EPA per play is off the chart, right? Like, you you know, I I feel like there's, you know, a a quarter of the season where it's literally just correcting back as you kind of get a more complete data set. Does that check out? Yeah, I mean, people talk about week two so much as being this, uh, you know, overreaction week and, you know, overreacting to what you saw in week one. But it's kind of the same thing on a bit of a grander scale, like what you're saying. The second quarter of the season is yeah. trying to suss out what actually is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, hey, this team is actually good on offense. Or, hey, this defense isn't good. Yeah, They've played some bad offenses. Yeah. They're even more hurt now. Like, this defense is is not a top. Like, it might be showing all over the board and whatever stats you want to look at. This is a top 12 defense. And you can just find out about, like, well, yeah, and probably not. And then that, that's where you make your money. Or, yeah. you know, in the case of, like you said, the Broncos, um, people getting ahead of, hey, the Bengals are back a little bit, you know, yeah. things like that. It's, it's where you make your cash. Yeah. And I think because um, like now you have eight or nine games of every eight, eight or nine game sample on every team. You have a pretty good read on the quality of opponents, offense and defense quality of quarterbacks that they face the quality of the quarterback for that team right like you've got a little bit more complete picture there's probably a couple of games you got circled where you're down waiting because key players were missing or their opponents key players were missing right but you've got enough kind of context to really have a general rating on these teams that is you know meaningful right and quality rating on these teams that is somehow some way uh you know if it may be not perfectly anchored to the market but probably pretty close to market that makes Q3 tough. 
<laughs> because if it's all been solved or it's largely been solved, then you're now left with a couple of things like literally just picking spots where teams are going to have a performance that's off their median, literally finding, you know, and that could be because situational, it could be because of injuries. It could be because of returning players, right? Like you kind of need a reason to be like, you know, Hey, I'm off market here. The reasons because, um, I'm adding this player back in, and now I think their rating, you know, I'm adding a healthy Joe Burrow back to the Bengals. Therefore, their rating should be their preseason prior, not what, you know, it's going to look like relative to the rest of their season data. His performances these last couple weeks are going to look like, you know, plus one, you know, Z score of one, two type of performances. But in reality, it's just, you know, he's back and he's healthy. And, you know, so you're going to need like a reason to have, you know, to believe that uh you know a, a market number or why a team is going to land on the good or the bad of their median right um the other kind of key thing i think that i'm going to try to point out that i've always utilized at this time of year is um we as betters have us read on all of these teams but presumably the good teams and good coaches have a much better read on all of these teams, right? Yeah, and no, I, I think that's where you have like these multipliers. Like, yeah, yeah, what were you looking at? Like, the, the market has a pretty good read on what these two teams are. This number is probably good, but this is a spot where more often than not, maybe this team X, mm-hmm. their offense has a fat tail to overperforming against this particular defensive scheme, That's a good this, example. Per- yeah. this particular defensive coaching staff, this particular sure. matchup. Maybe there's a few injuries that you don't think are priced in enough with a, you know, a bit of a cluster here or there. And then at the same time, it's like, well, we also have a coach or a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator who has, you know, repeatedly found ways to just mix up, uh, you know, mix up their coverages, mix up their offensive game plan, do something, that you know has turned into an outlier performance, you know, year in and year out, or even and maybe it's not a guy that's been around for a long time. And you're just comfortable with the matchup. You like what you've seen from him so far. You like their second half adjustments. I think coaching is a bit of a multiplier at this, you know, in the second half of the season. Sure, especially when you when you get that matchup you like. Yeah, and I think yes, yeah. and the Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith for sure will figure it out. <laughs> Can't do worse. Uh... I guess he could probably. Um, all right. The uh, but no, I think the point I was going towards is, and I like your add on there. But uh, the um, like, why does why would you say in a vacuum a divisional game should have a line that's a little bit, a little shy of fair? Maybe divisional opponents are familiar with each other. They're yeah, maybe you, you even have more you dialed have, in on each other's a, tendencies, strengths, weaknesses, right? You have a huge notebook on this team. Like yeah. you 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 prepare for them, you know, what is it? it used to be a lot easier the math with 16 games, but sure. you know, and, it was and, a, it was yeah, it was an eight <clears> year season, yeah. Yeah, an eighth like well, still it's like over 10% of your season yeah, every year season. is spent preparing for this team if it's a coach that's been there for a while. And if it's a coach on the other side that's been there for a few years, you've prepped for this particular offense. Quarterback that you know well. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's just, yeah, you ha- you have a absolute massive amount of notes. And that's where I think maybe there is some advantages to, 
you know, like a let's just throw Todd Munkin's name out there. Somebody who, man, somebody who doesn't. Call. I mean, we already bet him. We bet, that's the the only sure, bet. I don't, have yeah, Munkin. right, right. But but Munkin, not only it's you know trying to figure out what this offense is for us. Like we're still trying to figure out exactly what the master plan is with everything. It's looking mm-hmm. all right at times, but you know, for for Jim Schwartz, for you know, Blue Anarumo. For I mean everybody on the ste- like the Steelers you know defensive who's the Steelers that's defense the whole AFC North man yeah why can't I why can't oh uh, that's why I'm just throwing them out there Terrell Austin or something yeah Terrell, yeah there we go it's basically it's basically yeah it's yeah. it's Tomlin Tomlin yeah but Tom Tomlin and his DC these guys it's it's a little more of a struggle trying to figure out a, a new coordinator and that uh, I think it gives you an advantage if the new coordinator is working out if it's a Oh shit! This is this is not working. It doesn't matter if it's hard to figure it out. It's like, well, it's bad. It's easy. Yeah, right. That's very fair. Um, and I think there's definitely like you know we say a lot of we we're sarcastic humans. Mm-hmm. And I don't. If you're listening to this podcast, even if you've listened to all 650 episodes of this podcast, you probably don't catch every time we're being sarcastic, and you may not be able to tell sometimes when we're being serious if it's a topic that you know often gets lampooned and handicapping space um but uh like the tongue-in-cheek like andy reed good play stuff like i'm ki- I'm kind of not kidding like no. it's not a joke like and a huge element of if you've been in the league if you've survived this long if you have good plays it doesn't behoove you to use them all the time and put them on film and have everyone you know, in, in the, you know, kind of completely tuned in to exactly what you're trying to do with the players you have. Right. And, you know, so it is, it's also, you know, there's, there's definitely like a category of coaches and teams, a category, a quality of player who I think you can say, you know, kind of falls outside, uh, you know, being able to truly identify their tendencies and really be able to craft a game specific game plan that gives you an advantage. Right. And I think, like and this came this is all coming to me just because we are you know we talked i talked about this with some smart people today uh relative to belichick and it was like well you know somebody i can't remember who i wish i could give him credit for this but somebody maybe it was a uh, cd carter somebody was basically the more data we get the more it's looking like this Patriots just succeeded because Tom Brady played at an impossibly high level for you know. For I, a I, years. I hated and I was that like, post. Yeah, and I, I mean, was like Brady. Brady was, was really like, good, yeah, but right. no, that was like. Um, yeah, it's like the Patriots team got better from beginning to the end of the year every year. They always kind of were changing. They always had multiples. They were, you know, there was always a new wrinkle. They were always especially good at taking away whatever you were the best at, right? And so I think, like, really that is probably what we miss giving the most credit for for Belichick, which was an ability to identify tendencies in your opponent and kind of craft a game plan know your team well enough to craft a game plan that takes away what your opponent wants to do with plan A and yeah. Yeah. When you start talking about like player development, everyone starts Ernie looking Adams at them. tendencies. Yeah. yeah. Ernie Thanks, Adams. Fred. Ernie Adams was a big deal. Yeah. He anyway. that might that might, you know, maybe the Ernie Adams thing is starting to finally like, you know, that's starting to pay negative dividends, whatever you want to say. Like, yeah, the, the, you're starting to feel some of the pain of not having him. But the the timeline that you see player development happen in most, you know organizations is always a bit longer where it's like it always felt like these defensive players would just progress so quickly 
for like mm-hmm. the, the, during the time of the Patriots, like true dynasty years, you sure. would have guys. It's like, oh my god, this guy is a star. He's a legitimate star now, and they do that two or three times. It's like they have three All Pros in their defensive backfield. They have another great linebacker. They never. I'm trying to think like some of their best pass rushers. It's not like they had bad pass rush. But a lot of it was second. Richard Seymour, yeah, uh, and uh, Vince Wilfork. Yeah. Wilfork, yeah, it felt like they had a, they had some big guys in the middle. But I'm trying to think of, like who the best edge rusher from the Patriots. Throw some names out there. I don't want to spend too much time. I mean, Seymour is probably the best because, but he was just a double team guy. Like he was just so good that Will, he had Wilfork in the middle though. Yeah, Wilfork, Wilfork was kind of the same. I deal. can't, I can't say and not picture him in the overalls like the, <laughs> in the barbecues. Yeah, but I mean, I, th- I think the point is just that like some of the beauty of the Patriots and why like they kind of defied models, why they were always a winning bet in the end of the season, especially was like they were two steps ahead of every other team. And I think there are certain teams that have kind of caught up to that. Clearly. I think in general, like just defense being at a place now where it's way ahead of offense in the NFL is very, very clear. Um, and yeah, so maybe losing, that's kind of muddying that a little bit. Right? Losing Dante too, as well as yeah. Adams was tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's kind of the last guy and with the light on still and the last guy yeah Vrabel's um, top five Vrabel receiver for me in that it's uh like edelman <laughs> moss welker Vrabel. he cut a lot but chandler jones is a good answer teddy Bruschi. Jones, yeah brewski um, um yeah william mcginnis uh, all right uh so i guess like where i'm going at is that like i feel like if we can identify like some teams where if we think that the book is out on a team and we're not seeing them continue to innovate, continue to add wrinkles, continue to surprise us, then that should be a sign, right? Like that should be information. Uh, and uh, and so I think that's kind of one thing I'd like to focus on here in Q3 beyond just the uh, you know continued in- integration of understanding of which players matter, why, and you know, in particular, yeah. how that marries with a, a scheme and stuff. So, I'll, I'll, I'll point out a couple things once once we get to these games. I don't want to spend too much more time on this. We'll bring it up. I sure. get to them, but I have a couple coaches that are. I have some notes on. It's like this guy might be something. Okay. Well, let's talk about a coach where I think the a message was quietly sent today that uh, you better start winning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we I think chew it on the idea of. Well, I mean, the ownership group in Carolina, they handpicked uh, Frank Reich. Like, he put together an all-star staff of assistants. Like, they're not going to they're not gonna end this thing in one year. Well, I, I don't know that this was unrelated, but I suspect it was not. Uh, third coach, third manager, excuse me, fired um, by uh, Tepper at the uh, F- Charlotte FC uh, today in third manager in 20-something months. Um, and I kind of feel like there was a veiled, thinly veiled message there that like you need to fix the situation, right? Or we're, you know, we're not afraid to cut ties with the guy after a year uh, if it's not going well. And I think I, we talked about it on Sunday. Like I have a vote of no confidence in Reich right now. Like yeah. I, the idea that Bryce young in his eighth game of the season uh, or eighth or ninth game of the season, whatever it was last week that he played, I think it was his eighth game of the season, that it was his worst game of the season so far under a second play caller. That's a huge, huge, huge problem for uh, Bryce young. They gave up an enormous amount of future capital for that player. And he performed worse than Tommy DeVito. That's not good. 
Uh, I mean, by some measures, I don't want to. I don't ever totally want to elevate PA. anything. Totally, I, yeah. I don't ever want to elevate anything Tommy DeVito did. Um, <laughs> he yeah, only beat no, out Clayton Tune of all it, quarterbacks who threw passes. Very weird situation, like you bring up that maybe a thinly veiled message there. Although I, I, I don't know. I think that might be reading too many tea leaves. That said, just like the the strife that you've seen, the comments from Reich doesn't seem like he's super excited. Like again, I I think I mentioned this last week where I said like it's not it's not like he's half assing it where he's just like ah I got senioritis I don't want to be here I'm, I'm not gonna try but it has to be so difficult when you know like you were put in this bad situation you wanted uh, a different quarterback you got you know you got Bryce Young put around your neck here and it's mm-hmm. not working and you're in trouble like it's yeah it, it hasn't looked better with uh, Thomas Brown calling plays it's looked the same if not worse and the fact that they're three I know it's a road game I know but you still dogs. like <clears throat> you're, 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 you're you've assembled you've assembled a team that can that that cannot that is a, that is assumed by market to be meaningfully worse than the Chicago Bears led by Tyson Badgett, who was drafted substantially after your 1.01 QB. Yeah. And this is going to be this is going to be a super tough hang because quietly this Bears defense has become really good against the run. And some of that is, you know, there's been some game states where teams have had to run a little more against the Bears. But I mean, this is a team that was leading most of the time against the Raiders. The Raiders were throwing quite a bit. Like this is this has not just been, uh, you know, they're they're stopping the run in in a spot where they're way behind, and the other teams just, you know, running into the line three times for most of the fourth quarter. Like this has been a good run defense. You don't have a lot of the running back game anyway. It's mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you're going to need Bryce Young if you want to win this game. So, whew, this is yeah. A, this is, a this, tough. is a, this is a wild one because I, 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 I forgot Tyson Badgett wasn't undrafted. So, yeah, substantially after, like, as an infinitely if, after. And if, if you're um, the Bears, are you attempting to try to tie this game? That's I think that's – Oh, that's, shit. That's like 40 chess for your draft picks. It sure is. If, if I, I'm, I'm joking, but – I'm joking, but if, if this game were to, you know, organically go to overtime – if I'm the Bears, 100%. Like the, I know the coaches and the players, but if you're up in the owner's box, like if you're the GM, like I'm thinking about making a call to Mr. Eberflus, like buddy. Yeah, we're gonna. Are I we? Would, are we? Will, real, are we reliving? A, yeah, the the Raiders. The game. the Raiders Chargers the Raiders game. Chargers game. I I know it, it's it's silly, and I'm. Just, What's the price I'm for time? Ninety percent joking, but man, if you got the overtime. I'm calling down to the field, and be like you. You play for a tie right now. Should I just parlay tie with every other bet I make this week, just in case? I would. Uh, <laughs> I would suggest that. Okay. Um, tie is usually like twenty to one. Okay. Um, well, I guess it's kind number. of focusing a little bit more on the teams instead of the situation. I, like I have zero interest mm-hmm. in betting this game. Zero. In, or I don't. Rather. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I guess we can give a couple of things credit, or at least I wanted to bring one thing to your attention and see if you had a read on this. Um, pretty clearly, the Bears have put together a decent o- offensive line. I think you know, I may not make you know, they're not going to make any all pros out of these. These guys aren't all pros. 
but but it's really hopeful yeah, for the good. future. Yeah, they're hopeful for the future. They can pass pro. Um, you know, Bajan actually showed some some spunk in that game in New Orleans, particularly in the first half. Um, and DJ Moore is a guy. Like you got you got a couple of players on offense now. Uh, the trade for Montez Sweat looks less shitty now that you've paid him, but boy, did you pay him a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you can keep Jalen Johnson around apparently, and, you know, you fortified your linebacking core with your uh, free agent class last year. Um, you know what was crazy, Andy? Would you believe that, uh, and I think this was one of the deep dive Discord guys that brought this to my attention, so credit to the D, the DDD, the Triple D. Um, but uh, Bears have gone from last to first in EPA per rush defensively from last year to this year uh and uh you, you remove turnovers that's a pretty impressive accomplishment like you added a couple linebackers and all of a sudden you're the best rush defense in the nfl now like that's wild um so hat tip to them for that their past defense is still atrocious um and i mean if it doesn't look better for bryce young in this game then i think you are literally hitting like five alarm like this is a there's nothing there's time, nothing you right? can do though. Ty is seventy to one at DraftKings. Wow, that's a big old. When, when I said when I said twenty to one, I'm thinking go to overtime. and go ends in ends yeah, regulation go, go to, regulation yeah, go, tie. Yeah, goes to overtime. Yeah, obviously yeah. twenty to one on a tie would be a pretty bad. I think it's a bad price on goes to overtime. But okay, <clears throat> we're still parlaying with stuff. I have no interest. We missed the under <laughs> here. Um, this is probably a second half under. Like. What what game state, what score line would be better for the second half under? Um, Bear, bears by like a, not too many, like bears by like seven or ten. No, bears by like. Well, bears bear, by like bears by double digits. Yeah, bears by like forty would be great. Bears by double digits. Yeah. Bears by double. Bears 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 leading by multiple scores. Uh, is this is, this is the best the state for second like, half under? It's not a good pass defense, but they have one. Pretty damn good corner, and yes, Thielen. If you can, this is crazy. If you can bracket Thielen, you can take really Thielen out of the game. You, yeah, because they're not going to be able to run. It's crazy. So, and it's it's nuts. We're all going to watch this game. It's oh, football. Yeah. It's on. Yeah. We're going to yeah. watch it. Yeah, um, some of our friends are going to watch it under influence. Be sure to check that out. I certainly will. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you saw those notes. Um, all right, uh, allegedly. Um, all right, so no no other real thoughts on this one, but if the Bears are leading at halftime, I can guarantee you we will make a strong case because the Bears can run the ball. And the if the Panthers have a lead at halftime, we might make a case for a little over because the Bears can stop the run. So the Panthers aren't going to be able to put this one away on the ground and milk the clock. They're going to have to continue to push. T-bag be slinging. Might, might be slinging, right? Yeah, um, if you live uh, in Europe, just don't stay up till 3 in the nah, morning for this, guys. No, no, no. No, take advantage of uh, a good night's sleep. And, All right, uh, let's, really let's, move, let's, move to, let's move to Germany. This game's already gotten too much time. The aforementioned Bill Belichick takes on the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. This is the biggest adjustment on the board from the preseason look ahead as we were expecting to see. The Patriots favored by five points, and now they are one-and-a-half-point dogs to Gardner Minshew. That is how far the team has fallen. And I would normally be objecting and saying, I don't know, man. That's a big adjustment. 
I can't be involved with the Patriots here. This is definitely not a game I'm interested in laying points with the Colts, but um, you know, I think uh, fair is probably around a pick them and uh, not enough juice here to get involved. Um, total at 43 and a half looks perfectly fine to me. 44 is about my uh, median expected score. Um, and, you know, realistically, there's no long tails here as, you know, the I think both teams are probably capped in the 20s, low 20s. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a possibility that one of these two teams just outright no-shows. Patriots are better served by losing. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would uh, <laughs> I would start tanking for some draft. It's not like they've ever been great at draft picks up high. They, oh, they man, do like, Belichick, the GM, has been the worst GM in football in the they, last they four love years. Having, yeah, they love having a bunch. They love to at least trade, he's not trading stuff away, but trade, he, trade might well he might as well have. He might as well have been. He might as well have gone Rams YOLO because you're not using his draft capital for good players. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Christian oh, Gonzalez, the, the exception, I guess. I don't know. This has been a, it's been a tough hang with this offense. And I know they they just haven't solved uh, what the what the answer is going to be at wide receiver. They have a bunch of wide receiver two and a half slash threes. This offense has just been it's been it's just been much too inconsistent. And you're going to be you know having the the injuries that they sustained early in the season on this defense. It just never was going to be a good team. That said. Colts second week traveling across the pond this time. Not certain. Not gonna like lay points with Gardner Minshew in a spot like this ever. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, this is a pass game of all. They're pass coming. Games. It's worth noting. Colts are coming off their worst, worst offensive performance of the season. Yeah, but partially because they just didn't have to do anything. <laughs> like two ways to read that. Um, let me ask you about Belichick and the Patriots before we totally move off this one. Where are you on the spectrum of Patriots reporters buzzing about Belichick hot seat? Seems like horseshit, right? Yeah, to me it does, but I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I, I don't believe any of it. I mean, the, I, I would assume that the rumors or the buzz that other teams would be interested in Belichick is true, which means if you fire him, then you don't get compensated. So why would you fire him? Like, yeah. let him run the team into the ground this year, get a good draft pick, and then trade him for more draft capital would be sort of the obvious answer, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know what the, like, oh, we got to save the season or what? Or, uh, hey, this guy's just not the answer. We're we really worried that somebody's going to come pick our pocket for Gerard Mayo? Maybe. that That's the only uh, thing that actually... Uh, I mean, that's the only thing that... name in coaching circles, Andy? May, 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 maybe they've heard, you know... Some yeah. chatter that we haven't. That's the only thing that checks out. And that is such a low. Like, yeah. That's so we want to bring in a defensive coach. Get me Lou Anaruma, Mike McDonald, and Gerard Mayo. That doesn't sound right to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that he I don't think he's a candidate to be snatched. I think he is uh uh if you want to ultimately elevate him to the head coach role after Belichick moves on and you don't presumably get draft capital for him, that's that's fine. But uh there's no there's no pressing there's no emergency, I don't think, <laughs> to, yeah. to get him into the, the role. But probably I'll probably have this in teasers, but it's on the low end of my teaser rating for the week for sure. Not excited. Okay, good deal. Cleveland, Baltimore, big one, big one. Um, I think the handicap here is pretty straightforward. I haven't heard really a good case as to why the Browns are a bet, which is spooking me a little I, bit. I have. <laughs> um, oh, 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 please. 
Go ahead. But it, it's based on bad information as okay. <clears throat> you and I talked. We both sat and watched the Browns game again. Yeah. I talked to Pozzolo when I was on the stream on Monday. He'd watch the Browns game again. We're all of the same mind that Deshaun Watson did not look good last week. He played a very, very, very bad defense. Now he's going to likely play the only defense in the league that's on par with theirs. Um, I mean, it's going to be a very stark difference in what kind of coverages he faced, what kind of pressure he's up against. And if you watch, there's a tweet. I think it was Ian Harditz. I don't remember who had it. Yeah, that's right. Um, he just had like a 30-second supercut of all the long. Uh, 15 over, yards 15 in the air yeah, or like no. over, over intermediate stuff. Watson is, there's none of this, you know, the flick you see from some of these big arm quarterbacks. He from is, Watson, yeah. He, he is winding up and just getting everything he has, like, like in slow motion, like in a bad football movie. Yeah. To try to get these down the field, he is not a hundred percent. He's not even yeah. close to right. That is a, a awful mis- mechanics. Just yeah. kind of a misguided box score. Like, eh, yeah, like I'm not saying Arizona should have been closer. I'm saying any team of you know like 11, 22 men would have gone out there and probably had a pretty good day against Clayton Tune in that defense last yeah. week. Yeah, right. I agree with that. There um, couldn't have been even even the defense when it's like squarely and, and yeah. decent. Like there couldn't have been a ton of motivation last week knowing like, Hey, we're starting Clayton too. And we get to go out there and I guess we have to pitch an extra bye week. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No. And we're, we're talking about me. Yeah. How I'd look throwing the ball 35 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you that the, uh, even if you really want to key on the deep passes and say, well, he got the ball to Cooper, like he got it there. He anticipated it. He placed it. Okay. Um, the other stuff that he was doing in the non five, the five, the non five throws where yeah. he went past the sticks. The other stuff he was doing was classic vintage, terrible Watson, like real squirrely in the pocket. Uh, some scrambles that happen way later than they should have. And, uh, you know, a bunch of dump offs, like just check down, check down, check down shit. It was not an inspiring performance whatsoever. And I feel like um, people who had life-changing money on the Browns last week because they knew Clayton Toon was going to put up the worst performance of the season were probably like, Watson, what what are we doing, man? Like, come on, come on. Like, come on, like, just just give me a clean series here, buddy. Like, you know, it was uh, was that type of uncomfortableness I felt like watching it live. And, um, you know... I don't know. This is a much tougher test. The enough has been said across the NFL content universe about the Ravens defense this week. It's flipping amazing. It's uh, it's got multiples. There's answers if I, if for I every watched, question. It's just if I watched truly that same unbelievable. Film, yeah. You know, if I'm putting the game plan together for the Ravens defense, if I watch that film, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Like we can we can pressure this guy into bad throws. Yeah. We can, we can, he can't beat our coverage for the most yeah. part. Like we're going to be fine. Lamar just needs to go out there and have a half decent day. That that's the tough part is the okay. strength, the strength on strength, the, the game plan, the running, um, keeping Lamar clean. Although every week his sack avoidance is just, he, he's, he's back. It's like the, he's back meme too. Yeah. What we saw during that MVP season where he was like prime Russ, prime Vic, where it's like this guy's unsackable. 
even if you're spying and you're bringing extra guys and you're bringing unique blitzes, you're doing great things with pressure. It's still such a pain in the ass. And yeah, yeah, it's still again, it's a road game. Yeah, you want to hold on? You want one little uh, uh, statistical uh, anomaly for you? This is the this will be the fourth time that uh, Deshaun Watson has gone up against John Harbaugh. First time, only he's only got one of the sample with Mike McDonald, and that was actually a win for the uh, Browns at the end of last season. Um, but he has uh, below, well below his career average EPA per play against this particular unit. Um, was he in in that game that stayed under? Yes. Oh God. Yes. What a, that I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> I, I very much. It was Baltimore, like 40, 40, 41, 7. 41-7? Uh, sure. That sounds right, actually. And then the total was like 51. Yeah. 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 And there was a chance late. Or the seven points they scored literally, I think, was like true, true garbage time, if yeah. I remember right. Um, that was, uh, that was of course, the Ravens, uh, you know, the high point of any franchise that team rating I've ever had. <laughs> that was just an unbe- unbeatable machine of a team. Um, but his, uh, his EPA per play that day, <laughs> minus 0.35. Um, that's not good. Uh, every the, every uh, three players yeah. is a point for the other team. The the the, re, the rematch, uh, which was week two, the following year, he was uh, minus point uh, one seven uh, EPA per play in that one. Another convincing loss. Yeah. Um, the uh, so you know, I guess there's there's just not really that much there that says Watson's got it. Uh, against this defense, well, no, and, and that was particularly the, that in was, his current form. So. That was Watson. That was in good form. That was a hey, this guy's ceiling is a top five quarterback in this league. He's looking good. We just need to put it all together down here in Houston. So, yep, yeah, uh, one, we, we both played the Ravens. One side. Uh, so let's talk seven. about Lamar because people in the comments are bringing up Lamar MVP combo. Is he in the group of six? Absolutely. Like, yeah. there's no question. Uh, is he the likely winner or favorite at any point this year? Probably not. Um, his numbers are pretty pedestrian so far, which is kind of interesting. Like, um, Lamar Jackson so far has, uh, five seasons in the books, including his rookie year where he only started the last half of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. Among those, uh, among these six seasons, including this year, what would you guess his uh, lowest EPA per play is, or, you know, where would you guess this season ranks in EPA per play among the six? Uh, this is probably like his third best year. Mm, second to last. Really? Um, so far this Somewhere year. Somewhere in the middle, right? Well, it was, it was, it was a tough, so it was a tough hang yeah. the first couple of weeks when we were starting to, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm Todd. Hey, I'm Lamar. We're getting to know each other. First yeah. couple dates. It was, yeah. it was like, Hey, maybe we don't have a second date. And then it, <laughs> it got there. And yeah, that's the thing too. The, the turnovers, turnovers are very, very noisy in yeah. EPA, but how about that's, success that's rate? Because then? they're massive in game state, you know. Similar, similar issues with success rate. Basically, yeah. just as as a passer, as a passer, his EPA per play is his second worst. The only worst season he had was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, his EPA as a passer in 2019, by the way, was 0.35 per play. So far this year, he is 0.038. So well off his yeah. uh, passing numbers from 2019. Uh, in fact. In order, EPA per play, you want to, you, you, this might blow your mind out a little bit. In order, EPA per play, f- passing, 2019 was his best. 2020 was his second best. 2021 was his third best. 2022 was his fourth. 
and this is his fifth. So don't understand really what's going on there. Yeah. Could be just league-wide defense. I think that's more likely than he's regressing, but it's not a good trend. Um, all well, that said, if you if you yeah. throw out some of the early stuff, like he's, you know, he's a top twelve quarterback in EPA per play. If you just look at like the last four or five weeks, it's True. it's better. It has gotten better. Um, yeah, the fumbles. I should do one where we take out turnovers or take out uh, exclude plays with turnovers. That said, yeah, I don't, I don't love him for MVP. It's just so hard for him to leapfrog all those guys because he won't have the five thousand yard season. He won't have forty five touchdowns. You know, he's going to need like fifteen rushing touchdowns and and some big yeah. games to actually get there. He's important, but to truly leapfrog all those guys, Burrow's yeah. right there with him too now. I do like him in the and again, this is such a dumb market to even put a dollar in because. We've found out through, you know, you've talked to people. I've talked to somebody else who talked to voters. There is a general, you know, feeling like nobody likes comeback player of the year. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to vote for it. And there are some people that actually like, like, hey, we have an easy one. Like, I don't have to think about this. Give it to the guy who died on the field. This is super easy. Like, that's what sucks about this. But, like, Lamar having a really good year, this would be such a good miscongeniality award for him. He sure. missed a bunch of time last year. He comes back. They win the division. Like if you can't, if you can't bring yourself to give him like a top two or three MVP vote, mm-hmm. I'm putting him. I'm putting him right back in comeback player of the year. It's I hate it. I hate it the, so much. The triple D guys just it. fired up for this conversation. We're, oh, we're gonna go. God. We're gonna go way into it later. Just hold on. Yeah. Wait till we, wait till we get Rogers. <laughs> wait, wait till we get to the Bills game, guys. Oh. Um, no. Uh, the um, uh, just for completeness' sake. I'm looking at a uh, cumulative, um, to, you know, I'm looking at uh, the um, grouped EPA per play for passes only for those seasons. So this is presumably excludes uh, the fumbles where he is botching handoffs, yeah. but uh, maybe not. Maybe they're in there, but who knows? Um, all right. The um, end of the story is I think the Ravens do put on a pretty decent showing here against Cleveland. Another 28 to three type of win wouldn't shock me. And I think we come out of this week and people, you know, a week where people didn't see Pat Mahomes, they didn't see Tua. They're not going to see uh, uh, Josh Allen until Monday night. There's a decent chance Lamar gets MVP, a lot of MVP buzz Monday morning. There's a decent chance everybody has, uh, you know, Baltimore power rated number one with a bullet next week. Like, I think that's in the range of realm possibilities. I have them number one yeah. right now. Yeah. It's no, not, but not like by not, margin. Though, no, right? no, 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 no. Yeah, no, there's, it, there's, there's a chance top, that it's top consensus. Four is tight now. Yeah. yeah, it's a chance that it's consensus and like, you know, it's just, a, you know, there's a gap. How big is the gap? Is this the 2019 Ravens all over again? Like yeah. there's, there's a decent chance that that's the narrative on Monday. And I, I, I'm not there yet with this team. I just think that they're the kind of team that can do what they did last week to decent, but not, you know, but flawed teams. Like if they're up against a flawed team, I think you're going to fit, you're going to feel it. And I don't know that that's going to be the case next week against uh, Cincinnati on Thursday Night Football. So very intrigued to see uh, how that game ultimately gets lined. That one's and massive. A short short week against a, another two weeks in a row. So in, in like five days, you're going to play two of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Yeah, you're going yeah. to play. You're going to one, yeah. one of those. On you're gonna, one of those. You're going to have to play a really good uh, uh, quarterback. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll see. Let's get to that game. Let's get to Houston Cincy. Because... You know what is funny? You're right. These two games and then the one with that. These are the three best defensive coordinators in the league, probably. Yeah. And they're all kind of already around robining right now. That's cool. Um, I will also say that's kind of funny. There is a, this is just a total sidebar, and then let's move on. Ready? Uh, there was a weird little um, we play you, you play them, they play us that sometimes helps you sort out like relative strength of teams between Seattle, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Arizona, right? Like they yeah. all boom, 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 played each other, right? In a row. Like we saw Cleveland against Seattle. We saw Cleveland yeah, against Arizona. We saw Baltimore against Seattle. We saw Baltimore against Arizona. Yeah, we saw you saw it all, but it's actually all useless because the quarterbacks weren't the same anywhere. No. Right, you had Dobbs so the and then conversation you we had, had at the Walker beginning of the year, or the then, beginning of the podcast. Yes, it's it's, it's hilarious like a lot of the, that a lot it's of all that's dead data. Yes, it's just well, yeah. What do we do with? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, they were this. This market said this for this, but the quarterback changed, and was that because they are upgraded down, or is that the quarterback? Yeah, it, uh, it's yeah. just it's it's hysterical that we had this set up where you could potentially get a fair, you know, like little 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 origin plot. You knew exactly where to put. Cleveland, Baltimore, and Seattle, and now we're just like, I don't know where the fuck they go. Um, all right, so moving on. Houston, Houston Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I would, I would strongly, if you made me bet this right now, and I'm dangerously close to this anyway. If Jamar Chase misses this game, and Higgins is interested or interested, why did I say interested? It, limited. Yeah. Who's our name? Close or out? 6.5 is a lot. I don't care how good Joe Burrow's playing. This isn't uh, this isn't a great defense. We saw that last week. That is a big problem for uh, the Cincinnati offense. And that's a whole lot of points to be laying at home against a team that can score. It's uh, you know, it's not a team that's gonna run the ball well, but they I love a team that self-scouts and has figured it out. And that's uh, D'Amico Ryan. Is, Ryan's is one of the guys I wanted to talk about where it's like, fuck it. He listened to the kid. Yeah. They put the game plan together. They said he thinks he's ready to throw more. We're running. We can't run the ball all that well anyway. Um, some of those are probably wasted plays. I love a team that self-scouts and just said, fuck it, let's throw the ball a bunch. We got all these young receivers. We got a quarterback who has all the confidence in the world. Like, this is, this is going to come down to – you know, are the Bengals going to put put up big numbers on offense? Because I, I love Anarumo. I don't think this defense is all that great at times. It's a tough one to play. It's a tough one because they make good adjustments. But if you're able to throw the ball well, like tech, the Texans have been, they, they can stay in this game. But, I mean, if Chase, and, if Chase and her Higgins and everything is fine, if everybody goes, obviously it's a mismatch here at home. It's a very good team right now. Burrow's got that swag back. Kind of an awkward, like, he has all, I had a buddy like this who, my God, he could have had any girl in the world when we went out if he, if we had just, like, taped his mouth shut. <laughs> just, just, like, oozed confidence and then said the stupidest shit. Burrow's kind of a shitty interview. Like, when he talks, it's like, oh, you're, you're awkward. I don't like you anymore. I'm going to turn the sound off. But uh, Burrow, Burrow's got the swag. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too. This is this is the main reason. I have no yeah. idea. I have Oof. no idea what they're doing. If these are all actual injuries, or if they just wanted to rest a million people and they needed to put names uh names and body parts together, 
like I have no I have no uh, interest right now with this this Wednesday report. I need to get a lot more information on the Texans and try to be ahead of the market on the the Chase and Hagan stuff. So for now, I'm not betting this. This total has started to tick down, I believe. Yes. Well, finally, uh, it had a little bit of a no. It was going up. Move. Yeah. Um. Uh. The uh. The underlying thought process here is there is a pretty decent road home road split for the Texans offense and for yeah. Stroud. Um, he's definitely a guy that is, looks more comfortable at home. He's definitely a guy that looks more comfortable against defenses that are a little one dimensional also. Um, and if Lou Anaruma can frustrate the kid much like McDonald did in week one, I won't be shocked. Um, I think you're get a little bit of a local high right now on this Texans offense after yeah. as good as they looked last week. Um, and the injury report does scare me for the Texans. Problem is, there's a bunch of defenders on there, um, and you know that might ultimately make this easier for the Bengals. Uh, decent chance that the Bengals, if they have a lead in this game, they can put this one away, much like they did against the Bills, where it's just a lot of just long, successful drives in the second half, um, as opposed to lots of points scored. So I played the under here. I think it's a little bit stronger angle than too many points for the Bengals. Um, if ultimately Chase goes. Will he get his full complement of snaps? Probably not. I think I they'd like think to so. get that... him right for next week would be my guess. Like There may be some decision-making by them. the Bengals. The yeah, Bengals think... may make some decisions here where they're like, okay, well, we'll let's get in and get out with a clean win as opposed to leave dead bodies on the field, guys. Well, that's, that's the so. thing. Get, get, get a big first-half lead and then don't make Chase play you know, 40 snaps in the second half. Right, exactly. So yeah, silly exactly. Like that. You don't you don't need that in your life. You you have that you're you're yeah. looking long long term at this point. So, so I yeah. played some under forty seven and a half second half unders probably in play depending on game state. Uh, and uh, you know ultimately, I guess I want to bring up one thing. Uh, a lot of people kind of given Demeco Ryan some flowers for the Texans overachieving so far this year, and he's kind of in the coach of the year race, coach of the year mix. I guess he's like third or fourth favorite man. Yeah. Um. Number one, it's pretty clearly mostly Stroud getting them is overachieving. I mean, hey, co- hey, coaches, coaches, you, coach players. Do you yeah, coaches, coach players? Do you? It's just it would be kind of wild. Um, it would just be like a weird, like anomalous uh, circumstance if he does win Coach of the Year because the Texans overachieve because it was Stroud. And he was vocally banging the table to use pick number two on Will Anderson, not Stroud, yeah. right? And he was so outspoken about it that they traded away valuable future tra- yeah, draft it's, capital it's fu- to get Will funny. Anderson, who's not moving the needle for me at all so far. And the, the owner's just like, take the good kid. Take the kid that's good at quarterback. We need a quarterback. And, and that's where you I, know, think, you're, like, I think, that's where I think <laughs> it's fucking with your head a little, Drew. And I think yeah. you're, a little, you're a little off base here because we are, you know, like, Reich wanted the right guy, and now we're all dogging on him because that's not what happened to him, and that wasn't 100 percent his fault. Where and whereas Demeco Ryan's wanted to do the wrong thing, and they still did the wrong stuff, yeah. but he, he still ended up with a better quarterback. And like you said, he's getting his flowers, but at the <laughs> same time, you know, you know, it's hard to say that it's hard to say that like Stroud lands somewhere else and he's just instantly successful. 
Like it's still, it's still one big system between the coaches, the offensive staff, even down to like, you know, the guy who's making his lunch, you know, everything matters. So it's all the little things that matter. And sometimes it's just like, Hey, we got all the shitty people out of this building. It's like uh, nobody's talking about it because the, you know, the Redskins commanders football team is the en vogue one to talk about, or maybe the Raiders now, but like the Texans had a lot of people in the building that, probably were bad for culture oh yeah you know there there is a bit of a culture change down there okay okay but i mean you obviously you got to give stroud credit but i don't just funny because i don't think ryan should win coach of the year though yeah it's just funny because he's got a bottom 10 defense he's the defensive guy you bring it in bobby slowick slowick is run run passing more than anyone else in the league and if you didn't happen to luck into Stroud, which you didn't want, then you would not be even in remote consideration here. And he's also benefiting from a pretty easy schedule. All that said, I think the Bengals do get uh, get this one home. I think the total is an underplay. And um, I think anything better than 47 is, is a bet to the under. So moving on. Same yeah, and at Jacksonville. L- last quick thing, too. Like, if there is a strength, Maybe. even losing the safeties, the Bengals have been better against the pass. Like they can be run against It's So it's not a great matchup in that sense. Like if they have a, a little bit of a strength that has been against the passing game. So it's kind of strength on strength, weakness on weakness when the Bengals defense is out on the field. In the end, it's probably just going to be a pass for me. Okay. All right. I, I don't diss Bryce Young. I have a Bryce Young rookie of the year <laughs> ticket. <laughs> it is. Dead. <laughs> okay. Maybe that, that rookie of the year ticket d- come back. You know what? Next it died a quick death in one <clears throat> week. One week. And it, funny enough, it wasn't the week where Stroud and Young played each other. It was the week after. That's <laughs> yeah. wild how that works. They might only win one game. San Francisco, San Jacksonville. Jacksonville. <clears throat> Both off the bye. Game of the week. Very good game. This is the best noon game for sure. Just because the Baltimore one's going to be boring. 42 to nothing Baltimore. I don't have a read on this. Um, this yeah. is a that makes two it, it is it is a West Coast team traveling for an early game east, but at the same time, it's not like a real one because you didn't play a game last yeah. week. You had time off. Um, I kind of want to spend this time talking about well, we'll get to it in Detroit, but the bye week is kind of a goofy thing. Yeah. And we we did a lot of comparisons to teams coming off the bye compared to teams coming off Thursday. And I think the biggest difference is uh, one of the stupidest things you see on social is like, oh, my God, this guy was at, like, the NBA game for his local, you know, the team that plays in his his market. Like, what is he doing? Why isn't he prepping for the football game? Yeah, they have lives and stuff, but bye week is an off week. And you're on vacation. You're with the family. You're not doing football stuff for the most part. So bye weeks can get a little goofy. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to a coach who's able to rein it all in again on Monday and get everyone ready. Hasn't been the best injury reports for the Niners, but some of this was expected. Uh, I guess this comes down to how you feel about the Jaguars defense this week coming off the bye facing should be an almost fully healthy Niners team now. Finally, they kind of need this. Both teams need this one bad every week. Everyone does, but boy, the Niners need this one. Yeah, I thought super hard about this game for a couple of uh, couple of days. I looked for an angle in a bunch of different ways. Um, I ultimately landed on uh, 
kind of regardless of game state, I thought there was a decent chance we see points here. Um, and the under has been getting bet all day. <laughs> so I got a terrible number. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on, I think I'm in at 46 or 46 and a half, and it's down to 45 most places. Um, that looks like weather betting to me, which is my least favorite way to lose an over. Uh, is, is like, oh, you didn't know there was going to be 20 mile an hour winds, you fucking idiot. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> so I, I looked at the weather too. I thought I had a decent read on that, but uh, no, apparently in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, in the month of November, we need to be uh, very keenly aware of the weather yeah. conditions. Um, but uh, yeah, so there could be some weather here that could be impacting things. I will say this though if it is a neutral weather game, or at least uh, you know, winds not are over 20 mile an hour threshold, um. I think this does has, have a chance to be a, a pretty high scoring affair because I look at uh, the Niners offense is real. I think the Niners offense is even in losses and not covers like the offense is still performing well. Underlying statistics that say that this offense is still going to move the ball at a very healthy clip. Shanahan is an extremely smart offensive coordinator, one of the best in the game, doesn't have clear tendencies you can prepare for. And I do think that there's a decent chance that there is some regression to the preseason expectation of what this Jags defense was going to be. The Jags defense have gotten by in a lot of ways playing against some bad quarterbacks and quarterbacks in bad conditions. I mean, the, you know, the, the defeat of Josh Allen's Buffalo bills, you know, they, they, they spotted him a whole half of football. <laughs> like it was uh, pretty clear that bills weren't ready to play the first half there. So. Yeah. The London London game threw that all to hell. Yeah, and I you know, I think I do think that the Jags defense is well coached. I think they have really good secondary for sure. Um, but it's not like the elite type of defense that I think can truly give uh the Niners trouble like the Browns did when the Browns were at home. So it's you know, I, I think this is a pretty clear um, you know, softer spot for this Niners offense in terms of finding some success here. Uh, I like the fact that you have, you know, potentially reintegrating some pieces, although I don't have a strong read whether uh, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel will play. But as long as Ayuk is going, I think he's a pretty important piece with CMC and George Kittle and uh, and Brock Purdy now, what, three weeks removed from the concussion against the, uh, the Vikings. So um, I think the uh, Niners are going to get into the 20s here pretty comfortably, maybe even flirt with 30. Uh, and I think if the Jags are in comeback mode, then uh, they can score enough to to threaten this. The best of the Niners' defense is kind of disrupting you with pass rush that helps hide some of the we- their weaknesses at court at corner. Uh, and people are beating that this year by getting the ball out of their hands quickly. And Trevor Lawrence is sort of mastering that this year. You know, I think if if you had to say. If you gave me EPA numbers for and ranks for the Jags offense and defense, and you say, well, what happens from here, man? Well, I would say the defense probably comes back to earth a little bit, and I think the offense continues to build and grow and get closer to what we saw at the end of last season in terms of production. Um, and so kind of combining those two, expecting some points in this game, I think is uh, reasonable. And, um, you know, hopefully the weather doesn't uh, doesn't F that up. Uh, and by the way, if the Jags are playing a great game and they're winning, like, Man, remember that Colts game? Remember that Bills game? Remember, yeah. uh, you know, they, they they seem to. Remember that Saints game? Like they really, really, really let teams come back through the back door with points. Um, and I don't think this is going to be a runaway twenty to ten win against like they got against the Steelers. This is much more like a if you have a lead, um, you know, you you likely uh, allow points, points, points. Jags have been. Decent chance the Jags are a little rusty here too, right? I don't. I don't understand. 
I don't think they have a good pass rush. Um, just watching games, looking at the grades, seeing who they put out there, the scheme. I don't think they have the pass rush to truly like bother Purdy and disrupt him. They have good coverage, but this is just the ultimate offense in, yeah, we can beat any coverage because we have we have schemes that take away all the things you do. And if you don't have the pass rush to go with your good coverage, we have we have the Yak Kings. And we're just gonna we're just gonna beat you underneath if need be. We're gonna beat you, you know, this way, that way. We're gonna beat you with our running game. Like if the if the pass rush isn't there, the Niners can score quite a bit here. Yo, I dig that. Um, okay. So uh ultimately I think Niners probably win. Decent, you know, not a non-zero chance the Jags win. This would be kind of gravy more than like super important for any kind of Jags futures you have if you have them with me. Um the the handicap on why the Jags were a bet preseason is they were gonna get six games against rookie quarterbacks. Well, that still looks likely. Yeah. Uh and oh, by the way, the um you know that 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 sets them apart among the other AFC contenders in my mind. Um, and they got one win against the Bills. They didn't get the win against the Chiefs, unfortunately. And uh, if they can uh, show up in a couple weeks and you know beat uh, some of the other contending teams, then who knows? Maybe they get the one seed. But I think the Jags are pretty clearly pointed at the three. Do you agree with that? Chiefs and Ravens are almost what fifty percent chances, one, two, in some order. Yeah, I'd have to go look. I should run my thing through that. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name now. The guy in the Discord that has the cool yes, tool. Yes, Steven? Uh, no. Someone, some, someone tell me. Christopher. 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 Christopher Davis. Yes. Yes, his tool. I like that because I'll, I'll I'll tweak my numbers a little, you know, because I have some ranges for some teams and mm-hmm. see how it affects things. But, yeah, three seed seems like a heavy favorite. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know what that would mean, right? Winner of the AFC East gets the four. That's kind of feels right, right? It's kind of wild. It's, it's been, even when, even the Patriots not being good, it's been such a weird competitive division, which is crazy since you said like, Hey, guess what? The Patriots are going to have no wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers goes down week one and, uh, like Miami never beats a good team. It's still going to be a crazy tough division. Yeah. How? yeah, and every every important Bills defender gets hurt before week four. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right. Uh, Vikes hosting your presumptive NFC South champions. Mm. These teams. Scene if, of the crime. If we forward cast, both of these teams are projected to be playoff teams currently, even with uh, Derek Carr and Josh Dobbs. I know that there's going to be two really bad teams that get into the NFC playoffs. Minnesota has a decent. Yeah, it might chance. be these two. It might. It, it might. Well, I, I really do think the Saints yeah. have a decent chance of winning this division now. Oh, okay, um, Saints minus two and a half. It's hard to divorce yourself from all the hullabaloo and excitement we saw, but getting a week to prepare with a good defense, knowing you're playing Josh Dobbs, you got to see him play with other teams you get to see him preseason you get to see him with the cardinals you kind of understand what's going to happen that said this is a much better offensive game planning coaching staff than what he had in arizona probably what he had in cleveland i i'm really starting to fall in love with kevin o'connell i think he's a really really good coach um it's just a kind of a tough situation because kirk was having such a good year uh it's hard to lay it with the saints ever 
But if you had to, this feels like such a letdown game for the Vikings. Not not only just like from a narrative standpoint, but like getting to game plan for a, a true backup who hasn't been here yet. Yeah, there is no on dubs. Like, yeah, just kind of knowing like this is what we're going to get from this guy. It's not Cousins. You have no Jefferson. You probably have no Osborne. Basically, like we have seen a team that hasn't been able to run the ball. We have to take away their tight end and make sure Dobbs doesn't have some crazy fourth down scrambles. Yeah. Let like, Lattimore it, wipe Addison off the face of the earth. We bracket bracket. Uh, this is a pretty easy assignment for the D coordinators is what you're saying. Yeah. Addison, Addison. It's crazy that you can say like Addison's what we worry about with Lat- like put Lattimore on that and it doesn't leave a lot of the wide receiver position. Yeah. You're going to get home on him. You're going to get this, you know, you, you should be able to get some pass rush here. I'm close to laying it with the saints and I hate that. Okay. So question for you. Um, it is, by the way, it is hilarious that, uh, Quentin Jeff, Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnson, the chargers, yeah, large receiver who was drafted. Ahead yeah. Of his, what, yeah. It's funny to me that Johnson is not ready for a wide receiver three role in LA and Addison stepped into a wide receiver one role. Like it was no problem. <laughs> That's pretty, he's, pretty he's, unbelievable. Yeah. These huge friggin' dudes who show marginal 40 times, but it's like, oh, he's big and physical. Like they're not they're not working out in, in this like you probably should just stop drafting them. Like Johnston's he's not a very clean route runner, obviously. Addison's yeah. Addison caught on fast. He's yeah, he did. Um so do you know of Darisaw? Do you know what the what the deal is there? I was leaning in, but do you know what why he missed last week? Did you see that coming? I thought it was the was it back? What was his uh, deal? I don't know. Caught me by surprise. Mm-hmm. No notes on that. No, Darius, uh, no Darius, uh, oh, Hawkinson was the rib injury. Hopefully, Hawkinson is all right. Man, you can be down a lot. Yeah, it was just a Groin. weird game day scratch. Groin. Hmm. Okay. That um, matters too, obviously, a lot. Yeah, surely. Um, oh yeah. So here's the other question for you, and this one's maybe more important. Why didn't this move yet? Why didn't this three? Because it's the Saints. Nobody's. I know, but like, there. Have you seen a lot of moves towards the Saints this year in the yeah. markets? Yeah. Do you remember the I mean, uh, early, Colts game? But it's remember the Colts yeah, game. But remember the Jags game? They, Saints got bet. Saints got bet two weeks fair, big time. Fair. Big big boy money on the Saints two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, they didn't get bet last week. Oh no, they did get bet last week. Except well, it was early though, and that was probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was I was with them, and we were wrong. Uh, the I don't know. I mean, I. I think the right way to bet the Saints last week wasn't laying points. It was obviously betting the NFC South. Um, yeah. That looked that went like from sixty percent likely to like eighty five percent likely overnight, which is pretty cool. Um, I think the uh, the maybe my percentage is high. I don't know. I'm just quoting off top. Uh, of um, you get a little notebook. You just putting percentages next year. <laughs> I can just make it up whatever number you, sounds good. Uh, I did. I, Andy, I, have a, I have the most, I have the most sound NFC South position in the country. All right. I, so I, I made the same argument like in week two or three and took like a plus plus one fifty on them. 
So I, I couldn't even do it. I'm like, I'm already knee deep in Saints here. I don't want any more. I'm, I'm fine with what I have. So I'm, I'm there with you. I'd like uh, my, my two positions have accrued equity, Saints and Ravens. To win their They're very sound. Very sound. Very positions. sound. Don't know that I for sure have the most sound in the world, but definitely the country. Um, I don't have a read on this game. I, I mean, if I had to play it, I would play the Saints. But yeah. uh, but the fact that it hasn't moved has me a little spooked, I'll be honest with you, because there's really no reason I can think of to, um, you know, it, it, to wonder why anyone is backstopping Minnesota at a cheap two and a half. You know what I mean? Like, if you really want, if you knew that that there was serious market support here for New Orleans, you just wait and let it get to three and take the three. The, but somebody, yeah, the injury report this. for the Saints was pretty freaking clean. Yeah, it was. Like, it was like it was a couple of older guys yeah. rested and like uh, Kendra Miller, who doesn't matter, didn't practice. Like he's second, third running back. Isaiah Foskey didn't practice with a quad injury. And then that was pretty much it. And anyone else who was on the, you know, on the injury report practices, whereas, you know, Minnesota saw Osborne still out with the concussion. Dare saw with the groin Hawkinson. If Hawkinson is limited with a rib injury, my God, because uh, even the backup, Johnny Munt has a, a knee thing. <sighs> I can't rough. think of any reason to back the Vikings here, and that's a little spooky. Uh, maybe I ultimately get involved. Some, sometimes, it, some, get involved some, in sometimes the market is just—it's Wednesday still, Drew. Uh, yeah, no, I want to see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna observe the uh, injury report for the Vikings tomorrow and uh, get a gauge on what was what was vet restish and what was real. Um, this is the other thing too, and I'm not saying I agree with this prop. Uh, I'd have to look at kind of where we're at with it. Two to one for anytime touchdown on Taysom. But he brings up a good point about like Taysom is incredibly efficient in the plays they put him on the field for. Like, he's yes. he's a nice little wrinkle. As much as we hated the what are we doing? Why is he still a quarterback? Um, I love it when he's out for out for passes too. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands. Like Taysom is kind of a stupid X factor that that matters against a bad defense. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. Um... Green Bay at Pitt. I got New Orleans circled. I might play. Maybe I'll just play them in contests, I guess. Maybe a couple of old entries. I'll just grab New Orleans instead of some some of the uh, more I'm just, art, unless, I'm just kind of waiting for Thursday. New Orleans is probably going to be like a 70% pick in the contest. H- anyway. Houston and New Orleans, I kind of wanted to see Thursday entry reports. Okay. All right. Uh, Green Bay plays Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are garnering next to no market support unlike people who were willing to backstop minnesota two and a half uh we've seen this move uh i guess it back got there was some nibbles at three and a half but it's three and a half even right now it's circa three and a half even you know minus 101 offshore um pittsburgh is interesting in a lot of ways because they're Early season offense was so, so, so bad and not even really noisy, but just bad, bad that like their EPA stuff still says this is a bad offense, but it also is trending up. 
Like it, it is, it's trending up. It's not, the points aren't really showing up there. The yards per play aren't really showing up there, but it, the efficiency is ticking up. Oh, so slowly. Some of that likely due to Deontay Johnson being back. Some of that likely due to just figuring out who your best players are on the offensive line and putting them there. Um, there's a lot less, some of their scoring early in the season was defensive scoring and now it's all offensive and that's kind of making some of the difference i guess or at least why the offensive efficiency looks like it's ticking up um and meanwhile they banked a bunch of wins um rather than i don't have a position on this game i think three is fine i think laying the steelers as favorites is always a little weird because they seem to play better as dogs for some bizarre reason um but uh, i would like your opinion andy on if the steelers are uh, a sleeping um, threat in the AFC playoff picture. Maybe not to win the division, but to get the five seed. Are they potentially a top wild card team if they continue to carry on this progression offensively while staying healthy defensively? Or is this a team that we have belly laughs about? How in the world did they get five wins when they're like five and 12? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in between. I think this is a team that ends up with around a 500 record because okay. while you're correct, 100% this offense is not as hapless, shitty, horrific, um, laughable as it was to start the year. Kenny Pickett is like a middle of the pack quarterback at times when he, if he's not turning the ball over and they've put together these game plans that work for him. It hasn't been bad. You need to win this game if you're the Steelers. This is a bad team you're playing right now. They have had defensive injuries. Love is not getting it. You have to win this game at home. Like that said, I I seriously hate laying points with the Steelers team because I think this offense is about capped. Like you're saying this progression. I I I think we've hit. You see the plateau coming. Yeah, I I think we're about as good as this offense. You see the Matt Canada tundra. In the yeah, distance, the, yeah. Okay. I I don't see it continuing to like. Oh, this offense is just gonna keep getting better by incremental gains for the rest of the season. This is probably about. This is it. And then, and again, if you at the beginning of the season, if you're a Steelers fan, backer, watcher of football, you probably got to be pretty happy with where they're at right now because it yeah. hasn't been atrocious now. Yeah. So Steelers are about where they're at. I, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna lose to the good teams. Yeah. If they want to beat the good teams, they're probably going to need some of that pre-early season magic where they score on defense or a defense just shows out and causes a bunch of turnovers. Yeah. But the, the offense isn't going to carry them past good teams. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I agree with that. That's fair. And I think the pack, everything you said about the Packers is right. Like this is this is as untrustworthy a team as they get. They're probably in like the 26, 7, 8 range in terms of team rating overall right now because love is this bad. Um, love is is there. He looks unsalvageable to me. Uh, and uh, Aaron Jones is kind of the only positive thing I can even say about that offense, which is, uh, you know, yeah. something. Um, uh, real quick on final thought on Steelers here. <clears throat> Obviously. Obviously, I'm an agenda-ridden, untrustworthy asshole when it comes to Mike Tomlin, right? Uh, I bet him coach of the year this year everywhere I could find it. I'm, it's not, it's a, this, this would be uh, a hell of a windfall if he actually does win. They have national media members writing him in as number one through half the year, which kind of caught me by surprise this week with mid-season columns rolling out, I'll be honest with you. Um, But he's in the conversation. Um, the 
handicapping community, we tend to wink, wink, nod, nod, sarcastic as hell, Tomlin voodoo comment this stuff, right? And done it for a while. Um, and I, it has served for me, the Tomlin voodoo kind of conversation has served for me as a placeholder for, I could never really tell you what it was he was doing that like led to team success. Like I couldn't like, and when you don't have anything you can point to, you tend to just assume, well, it's either he's just getting his guys rah-rah fired up and he's like Pete Carroll type of like locker room, like, you know, you know, like get these guys to play hard for you. Um, or it is voodoo, truly. <laughs> like there's some some external factor that I can't 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 quantify here. Um, he uh, he we, there was a crack. He let out a little bit of information this last week. And I'm starting to think I, I'm starting to figure it out, I believe. Um, and it comes back to our conversation at the beginning about tendencies, I believe. He is notoriously very, very, um, what's the right word? Like he treats his, inter his interactions with the media in a way where you come away thinking, I don't know that that guy had and it has anything like I just I don't get it like I'm not sure what what his plan was he didn't let out any secrets any strategy nothing right a lot most of the time when he's talking he talked about the Tennessee game and let out a little somebody asked him like you know why was Joey Porter Jr. Um, you know you've, you've been playing him on one side in that game you started having him shadow DeAndre Hopkins and he let out that Hopkins they move, they move him to the side of the field away from their screen passing game. And by putting Porter on Hopkins, that kept him out of harm's way in terms of having to make tackles because it, it was a, it's better run fits for us if our other cornerbacks and safeties are occupying that space if we know that opposite Hopkins is going to be the screen pass, right? And it was like, aha, like that is high-level football knower shit. Like that's very, very cool. You know, you know your personnel well enough and you know their tendencies well enough to make a specific change in your plan with your personnel to help them all succeed I'm, better. I'm not it like actually great. impressed by this. You're this not. Feel, this feels like a minimum. This do. feels Whatever like a minimum. But, yeah, no, like I get it. That, like every coach should be doing that, right? Like but, that, but is, that is also. Plenty of them don't. Is, no, I just, I think they all do. I think okay. they all do little things like this every week. You just don't okay. hear about them. And I think you're you're way too deep in your head on this Tomlin okay. thing. I don't think he has a shot in the hell. I'd price okay. it at 40 to 1 right now. <laughs> okay. Like it just there's there's okay. too many good narratives ahead of him. Like it just uh, he won nine games last year, and I know he's never won it, but like he's he's gonna have to have a really good end of the season, and it it ends at Baltimore. Like he basically, <laughs> you got to you got to parlay a bunch of wins to get there. I don't think he can hop yeah, Ryan's well, and defensive I mastermind analytics darling Brandon Staley didn't know how to use JC Jackson, right? I don't actually think it is like a guarantee that these coaches know how to use their personnel correctly at all. Well, I don't, like, I don't think JC Jackson was super. I don't think anyone's excited to have him on a team right well, now. Well, not now. <laughs> but but in in year one, in year yeah, one, they were I know, I utilizing just, him I'm, away from I'm, the strength. I'm just, yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying the Tomlin stuff at all. Okay, they're well, gonna, they're going to win in, the same amount of games last year as last hey, man, year. Tune in next week to hear 
my 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 narrative my story about Tomlin meeting the bare minimum of coaching that makes it sound like he really knows what he's doing and it's his 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 his, his he is responsible well, I mean, it, for it, the success. It, it's impressive that you know when when teams do things and it works out. Um, but yeah, J.C. Jackson is a shitty. I hate no, that. no, they they signed J.C. Jackson and immediately utilized him in. A, a, exactly the opposite way that Bill Belichick... I know, but there, there's so many things that we don't know what's going on. I think. Yeah, okay. In, in cases That's like fine. that, where where it's That's like fine. they they really thought they saw something that this is how we're going to use them. It's going to be even better, and it just shit doesn't work out. You know how okay. that goes. Okay. I, I I know. I, I I love Tomlin. I just sure. Man, the, the Lions winning the division is just such a Trump fucking card on this one. And I get what you're saying, yeah. but I read a bunch of those midseason award articles. I read them every year. Last year, there was people. There was people talking about. We were people doing it. There were people talking Pete Carroll, like coach of the year. Like yeah. you, you had because you don't want to write the article and just list the chalk. Like sure. that's a shitty article for sure. I think he should get. I think he should get. You know, some recognition. But man, it's going to be hard to pass Ryan McDaniel and Campbell. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'll find some more examples for you about why Tomlin's special, and we'll recount I, I, him every I week. Like, I like him. No, I like him a lot, though. I love him. Every like time him. the Steelers lose, we'll, we're just going to do a, what did Matt Canada do wrong? And every time the Steelers win, it'll be look at this little wrinkle that Tomlin thought about. That'll be uh, that'll be the rest of uh, the 2023 season. Yeah, for yeah me. they didn't. They didn't even let J.C. Jackson go to Germany. That's well, like he's me. off that's the like, reservation. Yeah, he, he's like off the reservation getting... now. Now he is. But this was like before his injury, like in the immediate kind of afterglow of signing that guy to big money. They put him in a system that was specifically against his strengths. Anyway, plenty yeah. of examples from Brandon Staley doing this shit with other players, too, if you want me to yeah, go through. I, that, that's a whole other discussion. Why can't Brandon yeah. Staley put yeah. together a good defense? Brandon Staley didn't realize that his most important player after – Justin Herbert last year was Mike Williams, and they shouldn't be fucking playing in a game yeah. that doesn't mean anything. I, got I, him I, I think that's why Tom was that example. I'm, so, like, what your example of Tomlin doing something correct and making things work, I think that's not like we should give this guy an award. It's hey, we should let this <laughs> we should let this guy coach for twenty years. Those oh, are yeah. the things yeah. you do. <laughs> okay, okay. Those are, you know, okay. those are the things you yes. do to, to keep yes. this awesome very you know a job that okay. everybody wants for two freaking decades it's been a while now i mean it's been when did cower retire like man right when we graduated 2006 high school, seven yeah i mean it was yeah. i think it was six or seven he won in 05 and then he retired shortly yep, yep, after. yep 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 yeah. i think he might have done right after that so yeah. all right tomlin, tomlin won his super bowl in 08 i want to say really we're, we're, we're not exactly we're not exactly speeding through today, are we? We're not even on the second page. We've I got, got a lot to the, say. I have nothing on basically the rest of the There's game, a bunch of games. Carry on. There's a bunch of games I don't have a strong take on. So yeah, uh, yeah Tennessee, one of those. <laughs> Tennessee and Tampa being one of them. Tampa's defense, a uh, little injury here, little injury there. Didn't look so hot last week. And for April is another one where I, I kind of believe in. Um. He's a he's a sneaky good coach, and I'm glad they made the call to go. Hey, through. he made the right. To, we get, we're giving out flowers. He made the right call to keep Lowell Levis in his starter. Like, but and I mean, to somebody made the comment like, there's so many shitty coaches that make bad decisions. Like half the league is shitty coaches, and that's why they're not going to have a job in two years. Like that's sure. why we have six or seven new coaches every year. But like, the fact that I think there are a lot of coaches that would have gone back to Tannehill. Oh yeah, sure. 
I think in another and, in another year, Vrabel would have, but Vrabel's got his eyes open for some reason this year. Yeah, he's this is the the right decision. You're not always going to have the four touchdown game where all the deep passes are just falling. Where they, you know, uh, I mean, there's one a couple of them. I think Solak had a video on the one. I'm sure it was him where it's like, hey, this isn't where you want this ball, and Hopkins clearly offensively interferes, but it's still a really nice throw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not going to see that, but the fact that Levis showed the level of confidence, just start whipping those right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. I don't know if it's confidence or DGAF, but I like him quite a bit. And if everybody's healthy, it's kind of a fun offense. It has opened up the running game a little. Uh, Derek Henry, obviously it was a good matchup for him, but he's looked pretty decent. They yeah. lost the Steelers, but what are you going to do? You're up against – you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time in that spot. Yeah. Steelers Steelers played a really good game that game, though, too. Like, yes. that was, that was you know, that was home. It was a short week. What are you going to do? And yeah. at the end of that game, you know, I, I believe it was uh, end zone interception. Like, uh, Yeah, that was you know, his only pick Will, so far. Yeah, Will, Will Levis looked very composed on that last drive. Total, yeah. I was wondering about this total. If you'd seen any movement on this, um, Baker oh. semi lively at times. I can't. I don't want to bet this game because I don't have a strong read on what we're going to get week from week from Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. The for what it's worth, the don't play Nick Folk field goals overs because the Buccaneers are good at taking out kickers. See what they did to Fairbain last week. I actually didn't see where the play got hurt, but he got went got knocked out of the game. Um, the um, interesting point or question by Sam: Any reason why rookie quarterbacks historically cook Bowles defenses? Danny Dimes, Pickett, Stroud, etc. In the sample, I do think there's a reason. Todd Bowles is sort of the quintessential. Um, he's the quintessential example of a coach coordinator who has one pitch, one speed. There are no tendencies, you know, there's no like, oh, and you can say, well, how could a coach who has one pitch, one speed, how they win a Super Bowl against Pat Mahomes? Well, they had a very, very healthy defense with some elite talent. And so, yeah, they absolutely were able to throw that one pitch, one speed at 105 miles an hour. And it was the difference uh, in that playoff run. Um When you are a little deficient in talent because of injuries and or just player regression um and you have a team that is preparing their rookie quarterback and they literally know like okay sit him down here's what's coming here's what's coming here's what's coming we're going to put in packages for you to deal with this these are the packages here's your hot reads short stuff get the ball out of your hands like they i honestly think that coaches and offensive coordinators with young quarterbacks likely dumb down their game plan going up against the bucks because it's like they know this and this will work. They don't put anything in there that's like, okay, well, we're going to need three and a half seconds for this play to mature down the field, right? Like they put in stuff that yeah, will don't, succeed. It's some, somebody brought this up when we were talking Belichick earlier. He said 80% of teams just beat themselves. And <laughs> sure. That, and you, you do see that against like Bulls. Like, hey, let's not beat ourselves. Let's not throw in anything that like we're going to cause the crippling mistake against a defense that is I don't know uh, opportunistic gets used too much, but like if if you just run, run what works, not the good, not the great plays, but the good plays, mm-hmm. you seem to be able to move the ball. We saw it last week. This defense looked pretty, uh, pretty beleaguered at times. 
I'm not uh, excited about laying it with a quarterback who's in his third game on the road. Um, therefore, I pass. Okay. Because I I don't think I I don't think I can make a strong case for the Bucks. Um, other than Evans is looking a little better, and the secondary is, you know, still not great. Pass rush is good though. Like if uh, if Baker is bothered heavily, Titans win, I guess. Okay. That seems fair to me. Let's keep moving. Atlanta, Arizona didn't play this one either. Um, Market was apparently unprepared for Kyler Murray to start, which is weird. Um, but then there was a backstop. Some people pretty clearly don't expect Kyler Murray to be uh, that much of an upgrade, I suppose. Um, there are issues, injuries circling this Arizona team that matter for sure fact that they're one-dimensional and don't have any semblance of a running game outside of whatever Murray will get on his own on the ground, I'm sure will be a factor. Um, Atlanta's defense being a little bit embarrassed last week and coming in with a little sharper performance would be expected. Um, Atlanta's offense is still a huge, huge, huge fucking problem. Um, I don't think that anything was solved by switching to Heineke. Heineke was a was really, really, really loose with the ball in that game, but only paid the price a couple of times. Um, and I think ultimately the Arizona defense is not the type of unit that I would be dying to go against conventional wisdom that Heineke is an upgrade over Ritter. So I hope the Falcons win this game, and I hope uh, the market gives us another him. chance to bet yeah. against them later. No, yeah. I, I, the more the more I looked at it, and I did I did watch that game, and then I looked at the Heineke oh, numbers. Sh- I looked at yeah. Heineke's numbers from years past, year year past, really. Sure. Only the one really good year of sample. I looked at what we got from Ritter, and it's like they're the same quarterback in the end. They just get there a different way. Where Ritter is shorter, less A dot, less air yards, maybe a little more efficient. The turnovers have been massive and the mistakes have been massive. Where Heineke is going to make those big mistakes. And it's going to be less random because he's pushing the ball further down the field. Like you said, he's a little loosier, goosier. He's going to go for some bigger plays, but he's going to make more mistakes, more turnovers, more, you know, third and long failures. So I came down to it. I'm like, I am not making an adjustment for the quarterback. Basically, is where we're at. It's the same number. It just got there a different way. I don't know what to do with Kyler. If Kyler can run effectively, if they're calling, you know, if, if I get to the end of the first couple drops excuse me and they've called like two or three clearly scripted runs for kyler murray i might be live betting the cardinals because it says like hey he has told the coaching staff he's good to go the coaching staff is fully ready to use him every which way but loose and if he looks good it's not the same without Grady Jarrett. I know there should be a little bit of a bounce back after a real embarrassing game, but it's still a road game. Um, had it out west. I don't think it's one of the tougher places to play, but it's still a road game, and this defense isn't the same. So, um, yeah, um, I don't know how far I need to upgrade this team for Kyler. I'm very excited to watch this, at least the first half, to see where he's at. Yep. And, yeah, it's a tryout for him probably. It might be here. It might be somewhere else, but he needs to put some good film on tape. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably live betting it. If the I, have, I you know, I, I'll go on record and saying I hope I hope one of these teams wins, Andy. 
We're already cheering for one tie. <laughs> because if the Falcons win, there may be an opportunity to fade them some more later this season. And if the Cardinals win, that means Kyler Murray is what they have been advertising, that he looks great, never looked better, feeling it, love the system, best shape of his life type of shit. And you know why that would be good? Because football stinks right now in general. And I would love for the 4 o'clock games they have left on their schedule to be entertaining. I would love for their games against the Niners, the Eagles, the, the Seahawks to be uh, meaningful at the end of this season. I would love for I'd love to see them at Houston next week would be a fun handicap if Kyler's live, if he's got some pop, if he's got some Yeah, zip. we've had so we've had would love would love Kyler start. looking good. I would yes. love a quarterback that has had, you know, yes. high end Pro Bowl level play to come yes. back and look good. Like yeah. it's and good for the product. That's right. And he's been missing just long enough that you can't count on him uh, you know, being distracted by Call of Duty swoon. So um it is uh that's coming out like in two days. Yeah. Josh no, Dobbs he's, is, he's I, I I hope Josh Dobbs gets it soon. I'd like him to be fun. That's another yeah, one same. that do you see Josh Dobbs has come back player of the year price? It's like 15 to 1 at some places. Is he what is he back coming from being, back from? He's coming back from being benched for Clayton too, Andy. I guess that, that hurts worse than most ACLs. If you get benched for Clayton Toon, your career's over. And he and came I, back from that already. I, I want to nip this. I want to nip this one in the bud. I don't think Wentz plays. I, they really have made it sound like Stafford should be ready to go. I don't know if I need. Carson Wentz in my life at this point. Somebody who's connected told us that I guess marginally connected. They just, they just know, know that they didn't have a good enough backup at this point. Yeah, but I think Wentz agreed to come, or there was some handshake of, you know, hey, there's we're going to give you a real opportunity to start if the season doesn't go you know, get right for us. So he might be, you maybe chalk him in for Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, January type of, type of games. Um, all right, we might on. get to bet against. We might get to bet against Wentz. I just don't know if I want to do it quite yet. Detroit, LAC. I uh, played the Lions here at two and a half. It's at three. Um, the case is pretty straightforward, which is you have a good coaching staff coming off of a period of self-reflection at full strength on offense. Uh, Dave Montgomery, Frank Ragnow, and uh, the guard, I can't remember his name, all coming back for this one. Um, combine that with a wide receiver core that needed got a much needed uh, stretch of rest and a, a good offensive coordinator who can figure out exactly how he wants to press the buttons. Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, uh, and uh, Reynolds and Gibbs and Montgomery. You know, like this is going to be fun to see how this Lions offense matures after the bye. Uh, meanwhile, the Chargers are undermanned in the defensive secondary. They are undermanned in the offensive skill position group. And for those reasons, Yes. They are the type of team that is going to be beaten by a team that is at full strength and has good coaches. That's my f- sincere feelings. Uh, and obviously, I liked two and a half, but I'm not in love with three. Uh, if you want to play this one, you might as well swing for some alts because the Lions could, uh, uh, you know, they could put together a complete performance here and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, any general thoughts on this game before I ask you about the situation and the weird kind of anomaly that yeah, is? Same same stuff. Like Jonah Jackson looks like he's fine. They're getting Ragnow looks like he's fine. That matters. Obviously, David Montgomery is a help. Gibbs had a nice game, but again, that was against like a bottom five running defense. 
he's not going to put up 150 by himself every week. Getting Montgomery back is is very important to this offense. It's super helpful. And I think even Halapula Vadi Vitae was limited today. So getting healthy all along the offensive line, three is probably about right. It's a road game. It's not a really good road atmosphere, but it's still a travel spot after the bye. And, yes, so we've talked about the Widowmaker. The Widowmaker is a team who is getting 10 days rest because they played on Thursday and they are not playing against till, um, and w- was it they're not playing again till Monday? Uh, Vers- yes. Versus no, no, the, this, yeah, the, the setup is no, the other, more, the other you know, team, yeah, the other team, team coming, is coming off of team Monday. coming off, yeah, team coming off by versus a team on the short week. Right, so, oh, so so the original yeah. Widowmaker is yeah the Widowmaker. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The Widowmaker is you're you're coming off Thursday. Your opponent's coming off Monday, so they have a short week. You have a long week. Yeah. So and that has been very successful. You had the stats on that. Yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about Just it. It was an easy a, win last. Absurdly time. good ATS. Yeah. You would think well, if ten days rest is good, fourteen should be even better. But when you go yeah. run it on the Eskidu, I mean, give me the stats because that's what we have. We have a short it's week terrible. for the Chargers, yeah. and the yeah. Lions have had two weeks off. Yeah, and and you, this actually kind of violates the Widowmaker thesis if you go by sort of the kind of fundamental rules of these types of angles, which is they should glide, right? Like, you know, like the, you shouldn't have like a weird observation that's unexplainable when there's something on either side of you, right? Uh, yeah. But this is kind of one of those. And um, yeah, and and what's what's really upsetting is Teams coming off of a buy in general have about a four percent bump in win probability historically. Yeah. Teams coming off a buy playing a team on short rest have a losing straight up record. There's a win probability penalty for those teams, which doesn't make sense. So if you are just looking, ignoring team quality, ignoring, you know, you say we our sample is big enough that it reflects uh, just kind of average team, average team, average situation. It's it doesn't make sense, and it was the, it was yeah. a decent sample size. It was triple digit amount Here, of games. Let me I'm pulling it up right now, but the, um, the, but ultimately ultimately this is literally rest uh, more than ten days versus. Uh, opponent rest less than six. So I'm with Mass here. Mass has a good comment. He says it makes sense if the players are going on vacation with the time off. So when you get the bye week, you usually you don't work on football. That for the should first affect. Week. That should affect all teams on bye. It should affect all. That's and that's what I'm saying. It should affect all <laughs> yeah. teams always. So this yeah. one just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Unless you know these teams on the short week are doing something different, or the fact that it is just a. You know, it's, I don't know, you'd have to break these down one by one. And if you look through it and like, maybe like 65% of the time it was like, oh man, this was a coaching, like if I gave every coach a rating one through 10, like 65% of the time, the better coach is the shorter week guy. And just that, something silly like that. I can't, I can't explain it any other way. So there has to be 60, something like that. 62 games, a team coming off their by is playing a team on short rest. And going back to the nineties, I'm excluding playoff games because a playoff game, Dream there's plenty, the there's, there's plenty of examples of a team playing on Saturday. Who's playing against the, the one seed in the playoffs yeah. coming off of a bye. That, those, those are, That's those different. are shit. Cutting, scalping those, scalping those, uh, 22 and 38 straight up. That is, that means that you are winning the game 37% of the time when you have an extra week to prepare and your opponent has six days. 
And then same exact numbers for covering the spread, 22, 38, and 1. Uh, so for some bizarre reason, you are a you're, the spread is mispriced by 2.7 points toward the team that is on short rest in these 68 game sample, which is just I'm going to take that sample and break it. I feel like you want to get digging into a little more. Okay. Well, no, I think it's an off season project. Like looking could, at each it, game. It's, yeah, it's possible this is like a rest rust thing. Maybe like the team that's on short rest is just like yeah. a, a little more prime to play. I have no freaking clue. It is just a. Are it's you, a little unexplained. Unexp- unexp- that said, it's still yeah. not a big enough sample size to take you off any single game. No, no. If you like this matchup, and yes, at two and a half, it was probably a good bet. And the single example we have of this year was the Bengals throttling the 49ers 31-17. So, although the that was mostly because of turnovers, so that's even that is well. A this this example. will be the 69th game, Benson. That's a good point. This is the that's end of point. 68. Chargers. Um, well, hopefully they cover the two and a half and I don't care if the three is a push. Um, Giants, Giants Dallas, not a this game I want to discuss. Shower fart game of the week. Tommy <laughs> I know, DeVito I so is I'm, on the I'm, America's game of the week. I was, I wrote it. I wrote in the newsletter today about all the adjustments I made for all the different quarterback changes. And I spent a pretty decent amount of time trying to like actually think what I would, how I would rate Matt Barkley. And it's funny because before I even got to send push send on the email, it was announced that it was going to be DeVito again, so it didn't matter. But in the end, I'm like, just because Matt Barkley has played some games, mm-hmm. and it's been a while. It has been a while since he's played some games as a, like, hey, you're the starter, you're prepping, you're going. This isn't just throwaway time. This isn't a week 18 where you need to fill in. I still think I'd need to be like a one-point upgrade. Yeah. From Tommy DeVito. That said, what's the difference between 16 and a half and 15 and a half guys? This is a, <laughs> this is a, this is a game. If you, there's, there's no way I, I could take the Giants at under 17. And even that, I don't know if I'd feel super good about this because what we saw from that offense was, I mean, really, really, really tough. Clayton Tune level shit. And it's not even like, I don't know, man. It's not even like they played a great defense. It's just, you're not, you're not going to do anything with Tommy DeVito. You got Waller hurt. Um, They can kind of focus in on the run game. Say, let's take away Barkley and make Tommy DeVito try to beat us. There's no number here that, there's no number that's going to appear in the market. that's going to give me any appetite for the Giants. If you take the Cowboys, at 17, if you take the Cowboys alt at 21, 24, 27 and a half, whatever you want, I, not judging whatsoever. Dallas first half, Patrick points out this, yeah, this is, there's going to be some sacks. What we're hoping for, obviously, is Michael well, Parsons. Micah Parsons sacks. Micah Parsons <laughs> breaks Derek Thomas's sack single season, single game sack record with eight and a half. It doesn't feel like that's Six too much of, of an ask, solo. right? No, honestly. Um, do you think yeah, I don't know been... what the dime situation is with this contract? I don't know how much dead money it's a bunch, though. Do you think there's ever been uh, a, a shower fart game of the week that has coincided with America's game of the week? America's fart of the week, America's fart of the week. This is this is a new this is new territory here. This man. is a really good um, Dallas team, too. This is 
Here, okay. and, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're starting Tommy DeVito, okay. Danny DeVito, or freaking yeah. Vinny Testaverde. You didn't want to play the Cowboys this week. What a bad week to play the Cowboys for anybody. After you know a game that they have to know. Yeah. Like we we lost that game. The Eagles didn't. Yeah. The Eagles were great. But yes. We lost that game in the end. Like it's so, such uh, a motivation bounce back here. <laughs> give me a uh, give me a guess here. Ready? We're, I want you to set a, a profit exchange market for me on this game because yes. I need some skin in it. You ready? Yes. <clears throat> Eagles Cowboys was the most watched football game since the Super Bowl with twenty seven point one million viewers for Fox. What is the number for Cowboys Giants? I mean, it's how many it's, sick people you, are going to tune did in? Did you watch? see the map? Like ninety percent of America is getting yeah. this. How many of them are going to actually? Sit down like, and watch this game instead of do anything else with their Sunday. It's like, like it's gotta number? be 28. What? No, 27.1 million watched Eagles last week. Okay. What's the number this week for Eagles Giants or for Cowboys Giants? You think it's more? I mean, it's the Giants. The Giants is a bigger <laughs> metropolitan area than than the Philly area. You're gonna put the number at 20. I'm gonna go under. <laughs> Give me the under. 28.2. Give me the under. Give me the under. It's still, uh, dude. The, the the Cowboys are and the Cowboys are. Like, obviously, you saw that last week of the Eagles game, but the Cowboys are such a draw. Still, it doesn't matter. Of course, they have fans everywhere. Okay, well, go twenty. Right. I'm going twenty eight. I'm, I'm saying this is a bigger deal. Italy is watching. Italy is watching Tommy. Yeah, Italy so, is tuning. There's in a for little their, Italy in every city. Their that favorite is son. This. They are tuning in for their favorite son. That is a really good point. Uh, okay. Well, give me a real market. Give me a think about it and tell Jackie me later. Jackie Jr. He doesn't play like Jackie Jr. Um, okay. So out of my <laughs> database of eight, out of my database of um, uh, 8,822 football games, Andy, <clears throat> what is the push probability of 16? 2%. Under 2%. 1.7. It is 2.0. Holy oh, crap. How did you nail that? You nailed that. All the numbers that aren't. You all get the numbers both that aren't are like two to three. You get, you get both, both showcases. showcases. You get 2. the scooter. 0. You get the washer dryer. You get 2. the treadmill. 0. Wow. I can't believe you know your push probabilities out to 16 so well. Well done, Andy. Well done. Eight, awesome. Only an 8,000. Now I'm glad we have the Sheriff Art Game of the Week. Washington at I'm Seattle. Gonna, I'm going to watch the shit out of this game. I played some Seattle. There's some sharp people that like Washington here. Um, the Seattle case is pretty strong, I think, which is they can blitz Howell and bring out what we saw from him earlier in the season as opposed to the guy that's looked a little more competent at avoiding sacks the last handful of weeks. Uh, and I think the Seahawks uh, are poised offensively to take advantage of a secondary that does not play man coverage well and cannot kind of bring out the worst in Geno Smith from a passer perspective. Um I think the Seahawks have a pretty decent ability to kind of make this two-way offense and put a game away with the lead and let their uh, let their defense kind of feel a little bit better about themselves after that beating they took last week. Um, commanders are one-dimensional. They're not even really trying to run the ball anymore, which, you know, <laughs> that's cool. But uh, against the Seahawks where that's kind of their strength, I don't, I don't know, man. Or, I mean, you know, their running defense is, is very, very, very good. I shouldn't say it's their strength. But they have – um, they have kind of the exact right makeup to to really frustrate a quarterback like how I think. Um, so I'm this feels you, like <clears throat> hand and glove. I like the, yeah, I like the over. You almost okay. just described why I like the over. Uh, I like 
and this was one of the coaches I did want to talk about in Bienemy. I like his um damn the torpedoes, let's throw the ball 50 times in a row kind of thing where he doesn't care. He's like, I, I don't need to establish the run if we're down by 15 here. Like I need touchdowns, I need chunks of yardage. Howell's got a big ass arm. Fuck it. This is what we're doing. So I, I like them from a negative game state okay. because we could get either some big plays because they have the receivers to do it, or we could get some big turnovers in plus field position. I just need the Seahawks to be able to convert because that's been kind of a bugaboo for them in some of these games. Obviously, you remember the Arizona game. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I, I think this number's fine at six in yeah. Seattle. But this is a high variance game where that's a great call. You know, I, I don't think the Seahawks win and don't cover. I think I think if, if you lose this, the Seahawks have bungled this and lost straight up. Right. So this either goes Seahawks like, yeah, run away. If, if I'm betting hide. commanders, I'm betting them straight. Yeah, money line. Yeah, right. That, that that's I, I take no exception to that. Right. Like some idea that this is sort of a closely kept chess match of a game is not really doesn't really doesn't really check out. I don't think this is a rerun of Commanders Patriots from last week where it was like kind of close and came down to the end. I really do think you're right. Either the Commanders passing offense is a success and the Seahawks are broken or the Seahawks kind of fit hand in glove with their strengths against the Commanders weaknesses and they can run away with this one. So, uh lay the points or play the money line. Either one fine by me. I'm going to take I'm going to take my shot on the points though. I already bet it. Um Although the longer we've gone into the week, the less good I've felt about this one for a lot of the reasons you're saying, which is this is a high-variance game, and laying points like this in a high-variance game is not as not as fruitful long-term as taking them other side. I mean, if, if they can put together the game plan that we've seen a couple times now, I, I kind of like what we've seen from the Seattle defense against teams that are have like a shittier quarterback or a quarterback that you can harass like it's uh i guess that works like i'm, okay. I'm fine with that because we've, we've seen it where hey we might not have the guys up front to do this we can bring blitzes from different places and you know obviously the giants game sticks out so much where they just brought blitzes from yeah exactly everywhere. yeah that's like, it. The literally just and, pick that pe- yeah. pick that playbook up and rerun like seriously yeah, run, run run that same game plan where you have like hey guess what witherspoon's in the box like a bunch and he's blitzing and he's tackling guys behind the line uh-oh Oh, we got an interruption. <laughs> got it. Golden Griffins slip inside the number. Nobody knows the M A A C better than Mr. Always Mamba Brains. It was always the Golden Griffins. Yeah. Um, speaking of the we didn't I forgot to talk about it earlier on the uh Thursday game. I wanted your opinion on this. There's been a bunch two thousand traded on this market already. Look at that. Good job. But uh, our deep dive oh, yeah. podcast profit exchange market for Thursday is on Bryce Young. Ooh. 225 is the yardage. And Man. there is some liquidity available to the under if you want it. Interesting. I think See, so. Cause... No, no, no. It, it, there's liquidity to the over. Oh. People are people are <laughs> okay. like, yeah, never okay. mind. I, I, I read it backwards because it's the yes. It's the yes. No yeah. or flip-flop. But ah, if see. you want to bet the yes on over 225, you can get plus 130. You can get plus 120 on the 225 yards. So I just wanted to mention that for the Thursday game. I had to make that market a little earlier, and I, I wanted to do head-to-head, but I didn't know which quarterback was going to start. So ended up leaving that one alone. 
our Sunday night one it is going to be the Jesus, Zach Wilson versus AOC, yardage, straight up. Who throws more? And before you get too down on Wilson, he did rack up quite a bit of yardage in garbage time. And I do want to point out that what a bad game for the Jets because that defense played so hard. Like basically it was one punt return, one fumble that, you know, got returned a long ways. And one real, like there was only really one good offensive drive from, uh, from the Chargers. The Jets go 0 for 2 in the red zone. Obviously, one was trash late that didn't really matter. I don't, I don't even know if that was that, that drive. I don't know if that drive was even really that good. That was like one broken play, right? It was a, it was it was a broken play, a face mask, and then they they scored on both of their red zone positions. The Jets really only had one red zone position. I don't want to count the last one where it was garbage time, but like the Jets defense played a really good game, man. And that to to lose 27 to 6 on that scoreboard had to feel so bad for that team. Yeah, they kind of they need this one to feel better, but AOC's playing kind of decent. He's not gonna he's not gonna wow you, but um, it's another one of those where it's like, hey, here's a guy we know is sort of limited. That's why he got drafted where he did, but he can handle this game plan if we give it to him, and we have enough weapons around him to make it useful. They're starting yeah. to get Jacobs going a little. It's not a great matchup where hey, we can maybe get a ton out of Jacobs, but. A- AOC isn't like some massive downgrade. I think he's better than Hoyer. Is that even a question? The last time, uh, do you remember that last time Matt Barkley played? It's because he had to come in in relief <laughs> of Brian Hoyer. That's amazing. Because amazing. Uh, there, that was a Jay Cutler year. 2016. Oh, Jesus, wow. Um, no, AOC is clearly better than Hoyer. AOC is probably better than Jimmy G right now. By I, I, I looked, I looked at, I looked at the numbers. It wasn't. I, I almost said I should upgrade it, but Jimmy G is just kind of efficient outside of the the one bad turnover every game. I don't know. As EPA per play so far this season, minus point oh five. Uh, as all from that one bad game. Who's that? Jimmy, Jimmy G. Yeah, suss out turnovers, and he he's. He can move the ball. AOC realistically could have beat. Uh, he's outperforming Jimmy G and uh, EPA so far this season, and realistically, he could have beat the Chargers in that game where he came in in emergency relief, or you know, it was it was like snap duty, uh, or it was like a late call that he was going to be the quarterback in the week cycle is what I remember. And he gave the he gave the um, uh, the Chargers a really you know non trivial effort and <laughs> I have a decent fight and yeah he beat the hell out of the Giants last week um I think AOC's fine I think he's probably yeah. yeah it will be wild if he goes down as the third best quarterback from this draft it will be crazy yeah Bar- Barkley did Barkley did get some time um when when he was with the Bills as well but like the last time Apparently, he yeah. legit- legitimately started was way back it was yeah it's been a while um the uh the Real thing I'm interested in your opinion on. Um, the Jets, and you, somebody made a comment about the Sala comments, and that's where immediately my head went for this handicap, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is the real Joey Graybeal, but for those of you that don't follow mini golf, Joey Graybeal is probably the best mini golfer in the world right now. Guy has been on a tear this year. I don't know why he's I, kicking I, I, you in the nuts. 
I watched. He's a, he's just giving me grief. He's a nice oh, guy. Okay. I watched the guy go shoot like a twenty-five. I mean, just <laughs> just sick numbers. That sounds pretty good. It's on um, a thirty-six. That's it's a lot of pulling wilds. Yeah, it is. Um, so my my thought for this game immediately went to you play on a Monday night at home. Your defense puts up a top ten of the year type of effort against the Chargers. You lose going away. Yeah. Right. You lose by three scores. <laughs> and out of that game, your coach gives the quarterback a vote of confidence. Vote of confidence, yeah. but in a way that just says it all perfectly, which is this wasn't even his worst game. That was that a real quote or did I get no that was hundred percent real? Fake. Like I had to, I had to go check. I thought that was one of those where you know we get the funny comment about like, hey, Deshaun Watson learned how to take no for an answer or whatever <laughs> yeah. that wasn't real but like no yeah. this was a real solid comment and of all the backhanded compliments that you oh can dish out like it's one thing Amazing. to say that to your buddies it's another yeah. one to do that in like a presser yeah and so the jets went from kind of in the mix for a playoff spot losing that game now out of the mix and they have relatively little uh you know kind of hope that there's going to be any change anytime soon um i, I mean is there an effort here by the Jets defense to send a message to Sala? Uh, is there a, a Vegas flu potential here where this is like, you know, we've had enough, like we're, we're, we're pulling in, putting in more than our fair share here. And we're kind of, we're kind of done with it. Uh, is there any whiff of that here potentially? Cause if there is the Raiders should probably be like five point favorites. <laughs> If the Jets' defense does not give you a plus effort in this game, the yeah. Raiders are winning. Potentially this, and, and this is you're you're naming all the reasons for me to pass in this. I make this okay. number pretty close. Okay. Um, it's weird. It's like, hey, you take this. This is the Jets are the ultimate example of how you should weigh your defense and how you should weigh your offense when you're trying to raid an NFL team. Mm-hmm. So if you take a top five defense and a bottom five offense and put them together, you don't just end up with a 15 or 16 in the rating. Like the offense matters so much more. Mm-hmm. And that's why this team is like the 23rd, 24th best team in the league, because it doesn't matter how, if you're off, your defense can be that good. And if you don't have an offense, it just, it's going to put you that far down in the power ratings. It's going to put you in, in that bad of a spot because like we saw, they got an all-world performance last week, just couldn't move the ball at all, weren't doing anything right, making bad decisions. Wilson regressed from the highs of where he was a couple weeks ago. So um, if this, yeah, the Jets' defense has every reason to start regressing because it's hard to care that much when your offense can't do it. And the Raiders have every reason to regress off the high of the new coach bounce. Like you can't ride that motivation wave forever. It's still not a great team. Crosby's great. Like we said, AOC is passable. I think everybody should practice this week. Pretty freaking happy. Pretty, pretty engaged, pretty engaged, pretty into the workout, pretty into let's get ready to continue to win. I think if, if there ever was a case for the new coach bump, lasting a strong second week it's like hey motherfuckers this is is my antonio pierce voice hey motherfuckers we're on prime time we're gonna show them you know this was no fluke 
Yeah. This wasn't just us beating a yeah. shitty Tommy. DeVito you remember the last primetime sh- game? You remember our last primetime game? Yeah. Remember how yeah. bad it felt to get beat? Well, this time we're gonna make we're gonna make the Jets feel that way. We've yeah. got another. Yeah. I got good news for you, Max. Max, look at me. <laughs> I've got good news. We've got another shitty quarterback this week. We're gonna tear him a new one. You're gonna have five sacks. You're gonna play eighty snaps. Yes. You're not gonna believe this. Shit. You, you're not gonna believe this. He's behind a worse offensive line. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's it's and, and that, that is a, that is another that is yeah. another reason why it's it's shouldn't give all the blame to Zach Wilson. That offensive line was getting beat. Yeah. Oh, hard yeah. Left and they right. made Joey Bosa look like 2018 peak Joey Bosa. <laughs> that was yeah. uh I don't know maybe Joey Bosa's right now. I have no idea, but uh, oh, he, I mean yeah. he he looked he looked good against the Bears. And obviously it wasn't their best performance as a team, but he's he's kind of back. He looks pretty quick right now. His moves are I don't know. He's always been strong as an ox. So the pass rush looked really good last week for them. Okay. As far as uh, as far as Chargers pass rushes have gone over the past few years. Yeah. The best Joey Bosa season on my records is 2017. Then he got hurt in 18 and then he was amazing again in 19. And then he just hasn't been really in that ballpark since. Um, all right. Uh, the um, I like this. Five I, I like, out there. Yeah. Tough to call it a line. <laughs> at first, at first, I thought this was like a uh, uh, yeah. an overfitting, overfitting uh, data yeah. points joke, but I, I got you. Um, yeah, I mean, they they I don't think we're getting anybody back, right? Like this is still it centers out, and didn't they have another guy go down? I think I counted another guy go down. There was like two or three guys practice. that went out during the game that you know were popping yeah. in and out. We're still starting rookie Joe Tipman. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, Mackay Becton, Max Mitchell. Kind of oh, Billy Turner. Billy, Billy Turner like broke his arm or something, didn't he? I think Billy, Billy Turner hurt his finger. I, th- I think finger. it was just oh, a okay. finger injury. Um, okay. Becton, Becton was limited today. Oh, Dwayne Jesus. Brown's Dwayne Brown's hip is still bothering him. We'll see. Okay. This is yeah, uh, be, yeah. for this would be Raiders or nothing. And I may have talked. I may have given a fake cosplay kayfabe. <laughs> Freaking uh, pump you up speech that pumped me pumped me up <laughs> into the Raiders. I might into bet the Raiders, Raiders money line here. Um, yeah, I mean, that, there's going to be a time to there's going to be a time to uh, pivot. I think on the momentum that is the Raiders with this dead cat bounce, but I don't think it's against the Jets in this moment. And I mean, we will we will revisit this in depth at halftime as to whether or not the Jets spent their Saturday night in Vegas preparing for this game or blowing off some steam. Are they when is the F1 race? Are they even going to be able to like go have fun? It's not this oh, weekend, it's F- next weekend. No, the, the F1 race is the 19th. It's the next weekend, yeah. Yeah, it's like right around Thanksgiving, right? Well, yeah, it's this, it's uh, it's next week. Oh, your finger hurts pretty soon. Your back is gonna hurt because you just pulled landscape. <laughs> I appreciate I had that movie on VHS. All right. Yeah. Um secret team play. Team total play. I we have the opportunity to bet an under 10 and a half for the full game. Okay. 
Should we is do that it? Something, is that something you have the appetite for? I don't know what the other the other cases would be. Packers under 16 and a half. Uh, um, I mean, I wanted to I wanted to throw my I had intended to throw Niners team total over into the mix to see if you wanted to try to sell half? high, try to sell high on the Jags defense. But the wind, the weather rain shit is kind of scaring me off. So. It, it might be it might be a little rainy down there where that one is a touch scary. Um, yeah, for me, it's a couple of these unders or. Okay. Should we get some skin in the uh, anything in the, in, the Sunday, in the Sunday morning game, or just gonna give up on that one? Summer wind blowing in. Hmm. Do, 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 do. Indianapolis twenty one and a half. <laughs> I, I have no appetite for betting that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Ravens over twenty and one and a half. Packers under 16 and a half giants under 10 and a half are my recommendations. What say you drew? Let's do Packers under Is that. What you said Packers Packers under 16 and a half getting plus money. I which like means <laughs> If you guys look around, I'm pretty sure you can find a 17. You know why I like that one, Andy? Because Mike Tomlin's unique adjustments for exactly how he wants to bring out the worst in Jordan love he's, he's will like be a, on display. Everybody else is everybody else is hitting the hitting the playbook with a hammer. He's out there like a clockmaker, like with these tiny screwdrivers. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Matt Canada on the sideline maybe makes a difference. Well, that doesn't help us for the team total under. I'm specifically no. counting Mike Tomlin's unique. Game by game adjustments being the factor here, Andy, to get our <clears throat> Packers team total under home. Dylan Brooks shutting down LeBron tonight. Yeah, a lot of funny as, results. As predicted, Giannis kind of game. People are asking uh, when are the Celtics going to get Porzingis some help? You know, he's out here doing <laughs> yeah. it all. He's uh, he's fitting in. He's fitting in better than I don't. He is. But Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse doing his. Dunas. Played two of the three top teams in the league in like consecutive, you know, games here. What are you gonna do? Yeah. If Ant plays like that, Tim Rolls are good. Obviously, yeah. the Sixers getting a lot out of Maxi. What are you gonna do? You played some tough. Is teams the buzz is back. the buzz real yet in Minnesota about the uh, the the Timberwolves? There. Well, it's hard to it's tonight. it's hard to like give them too much credit. I think Zion was out tonight, right? Yeah. So is CJ. Not Mariah Mills's baby, a different baby. <laughs> Whole different person, man. That baby had to be like eighteen pounds. Can you imagine how big Zion's baby is? I would like to. I'd like to see a, a weight and height on that thing when it comes out. Absolutely. We wish. We hopefully, baby and mother are doing just fine. Congrats to Zion. And yes, I like the I like the NBA tourney. I think it's going to be fun once we get to the final like eight four yeah, teams and it yeah. actually like matters but yeah. like during the group play the fact that it's interdispersed during the season and half the time you don't even if you don't know or you don't yes. see the game and know the court is yeah. there you don't yeah. even know it's a tournament game man like minnesota yeah. new orleans that's not a tournament game correct yeah. no okay no tuesdays and fridays and they didn't play on tuesday this week Right. So this week it was the, so last week it was only Friday. This week it's only Friday. Next and from here out it's Tuesdays, Fridays. Until they, State, until, we, until everybody's play each other. You got a quick play on Golden State Denver for the uh the live listeners. 
Uh, I am looking out for a second half under because the tendencies say second half overs are usually good for Warriors games, but that counts on Draymond Green being available, and he is out for personal reasons. Jamal Murray out for the uh, mile as well, which means that this is probably going to be a little bit of a um, uh, a little bit slower second half. So I'm watching scoring in the first half. This was steamed over today, and I agree with it in general that that makes sense because it was wrong on the open but uh now that it's steamed to this pretty high total i think that sets up pretty well to get a good entry to second half under for nuggets warriors yeah good job nicks and we we stinged a guy <laughs> sorry brian kirshner <laughs> <laughs> all right let's call it a week thanks to everybody in the chat everybody please hit the thumbs up on the way out thanks to Good all one. the the regulars the sam lipscombs and the uh you know the the patrick's the guys have been around yeah. this joey joey graybeal regular professional, professional putting great joey graybeal i think he won cool. the u.s open this year he's won a bunch guys he's a oh he's wow just all around T-Wolves are a wagon. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for the shit bowl on <laughs> Thursday. There. He said thanks, Dan. We didn't thank Dan at all for producing. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Dan. You know why? Because Dan is the Mike Tomlin producer. It's a fucking <laughs> <laughs> You. He never lets you know what he's doing to make this show so well